Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Mano y Mano podcast. We have down in smoky, fiery, <laughs> hell-burning Sacramento. Yes. Mike. Yes. Hello, all you crazy cat and cats and kittens. <laughs> you almost had it smoothly out there. I uh, was... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and of course, up here in very lightly smoky, which we're bringing in from Washington. Um, it's uh, importing your own smoke. You were importing smoke, so you're blowing smoke. No, 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 it's blowing to us. You guys are blowing oh, smoke. Of course, well, that's a given. In I live in California. There's leave, a lot leave, of smoke blowing down here. Leave your smoke there. We don't want COVID coming up here. We did not talk about COVID. We did not talk about COVID nope. in this episode. Although I what. You know what? Next episode. Yes. I think we face, should. I want to face, talk about masks. Face coverings and masks. Yes. Next episode. Yeah. But what did we? We talked about some fun. You know what? Let's do something different. Oh. I'm, change uh, it up a little bit. I'm. I'm uh, Are you thinking being I'm, naughty? I'm calling an. <laughs> yes. I'm calling an audible here in the. Uh, okay. Nice. Let's not tell them about anything that's going on. We'll just no. go straight to it. Yeah. All surprises. I agree. All surprises. No. Yep. Well, then let's do it. Well, get started. Let's go. Mr. Madison, what you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points. And may God have mercy on your soul. Uh, yeah, we, uh, well, there's some in BC, I think, mm-hmm. but the big one that is the, um, we're live, by the way. I, hit, I did hit the. Uh, I assume so. I assumed. You assumed correctly. I did. You're a very smart individual. I, well, you know, well, I have my moments. I do know. I do know. That's why I said it. <laughs> um, yeah, there's, um, well, this morning, I, was it this morning? Yesterday. I don't know, was it? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, somebody somebody at work, it was yesterday. Anyway, somebody was like, yeah, dude, because they were in White Rock, which is like one of the most mm-hmm. southern points of the, um, of the lower mainland. I've actually been there. What? I've been to White Rock, BC. Really? When? Uh, gosh, when I was probably maybe seven or eight, my... My grandparents, um, we would we trained up from Northern California to White Rock for the Sandcastle oh, thing. Is that still going on? Couldn't tell you. Yeah, that's how long ago it was. So you're talking 35 <laughs> years ago. But I, when you said White Rock, I'm like, actually, I've been there, and I legit have. <laughs> so, yeah. So White Rock is mm-hmm. is um, basically the the farthest southwest part of the Lower Mainland. It's sure. like right at the border. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, so one of the guys on my team was like, yeah, dude, there's like bad smoke yet. So I hit on Twitter and what it was is there's some, some big ones in Washington or a big mm-hmm. one in Washington, uh, that has, um, affected us here, but I don't think it's anything like what you guys have going on right now. Oh, it's, it's insane. We've got fires that were going in Vacaville area, which is, you know, if you're leaving Sacramento and you're going down south, like you're going to go to San Francisco and places like that, Vacaville's in the middle. 
So there have been fires there. There's, I mean, just massive acreage burning. You've got, there's a fire that started, that's up past us. It's significant ways, but I mean, we're getting all the reciprocal ash uh, and dust from uh, from that fire just raining down on everything here. It's, it's, and it's pretty far away, but it's, yeah, it's like, just when you thought, it, like, you finally were able to get out of the heat because it was... 107, 109, and we were starting to get into some nice, Dude, you know, cooler the weather. The world, what is that? What is that in? What is that in the rest of the world? Speak. 107, 109. <laughs> well, that hurts. That's hurtful. Okay. Wow. That's. Well, I don't. Honestly, I don't know. So we're talking what? Know, maybe 40 degree, 40 Celsius, something like that. I don't know. Seven F N C. Let's have a look. Forty-two. Okay, I was close. I was guessing because my 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 app that I have it on right now says you are currently you and I are both currently the same at twenty three. Yeah, it's, it was a warm one today, so I don't know mm-hmm. what it was in Fahrenheit. Although we have right. to find out, um, it was it hit thirty two here today, which is which is about as warm as we get. Mm-hmm. Ninety. Okay, we get about one hundred and ten, one hundred nine. And it's not every day, but the last, actually about two weeks ago, we had a heat wave and it's a a valid heat wave. It was like every day was over 105 for like seven days. And then, and then it dropped quickly. Then it went from like 105 to then it was like, oh, it's like low nineties. And that's just gorgeous at that point for us. But we're also, granted, we're just starting, but it's September, (laughs) you know? And so we've had that and then it's like, okay great we're finally getting some cooler weather which makes it easier and then boom meet these fires so you can't even have your windows open now to be fair people have a lot worse than we do especially with their houses burning down so i'm not making light of that of by any not, means right? but still it's just like it's never ending you know <laughs> it's, it's, it's like never ending for like a month of this it's uh, of at least heat and so yeah see like that, we had i don't know it was it was a few weeks ago we hit the hottest day in a span of about three or four days. Mm-hmm. We hit 36, so 97 Fahrenheit. Okay. Yeah. That's, and that's as hot as it gets here. Like, that is, that's the hottest day, I think. I think the hottest day we've had in this house mm-hmm. in 10 years was either 36 or 37 outside. Yeah. So, like, that's, and then in that span, it was, it was like 32 a couple of days, 33, 36 that one day, and then that was it. And then it, just, it drops back down to, like, high 20s, so... You know, again, what's yeah. what's, a, what's what's twenty eight? We said twenty eight. Eighty two. Yeah. Well, that's what we're supposed to be like after today. We're we're going down in terms of around. I think uh, yeah, it was supposed to be in the mid. You know, we're getting low nineties, and then we're gonna hit eighties, and then low eighties. So it's like, oh, thank you. But you watch in ten more days, like, oh, we're gonna go back to hundred again. We're like, wait a minute. Yeah. Okay, that's mid September. Fuck off, <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's, but, pretty, that's pretty hot. A hundred degrees is no doubt very hot. I mean, one oh five. Well, I lived in Arizona for two years, and it, the, my first summer was in Arizona was like the hottest it had on record in like fifty years. Oh, it was like the most number of days straight for like it was like forty five days straight of over one fifteen. I mean, Jesus it was. Christ. But here's the thing, it's, and it's, I, but it's, it's a dry heat. It, it, it that's very true. I'd I'd take that heat over a Texas heat by a lake any day. Well, <laughs> the, the humidity like, is okay, terrible. Is, yeah. I mean, it's the same as cold. So mm-hmm. you know, the coldest we will get here in Vancouver, and it like every couple of years you'll get where it drops down to minus ten mm-hmm. Celsius. So what's what's minus sure. ten? 
I can go hot. I can like that's fourteen. Okay. That's fourteen right. degrees uh, Fahrenheit. So right. that's as like we'll get minus two, minus three, minus four, minus five. You know, like it'll once in a while go down to minus ten. But it'll, like minus ten here versus minus ten in say Edmonton, where it's dry as fuck. Mm-hmm. Like you can go out in minus ten there in like a windbreaker, like mm-hmm. a shell jacket, and be perfectly fine. Here, minus ten, you're like I need fucking everything (laughs) i need to look like i'm scaling everest (laughs) yeah it gets fucking cold yeah well it was my first summer in arizona was the hottest that had been on record for probably a century or something it was crazy and then that winter was the coldest that well the colds had been on record the same thing and it was like the whole winter was like 25 degrees or something crazy for the desert the desert gets cold there's no doubt but yep. it's, it was like, okay, where did I go? And then Sacramento has always had a, a pretty, it's a dry, it's dry heat. We're like in a valley. So it's like a frying pan effect. So yeah, yeah. especially now with the heat and then you have the smoke from the fires, it's like just keeping the heat down in, you know, it's just, yeah, it's, it's been, it's been unpleasant to say the least. <laughs> so, but what do you do? Hey, at least our house isn't burning. I mean, I, I, I yeah, think exactly. of that, so. Yeah, did you, I mean, I, mm-hmm. did you see, by the way, um, Trump's comments on the fires? Again, no. not not a pol- political thing. No, did you, did you see him? Probably. No, I didn't pay what attention. It, he's blaming California. He was he was literally blaming California for the fires. Mm. Like I was like, what are you doing? Like it's, it was it wasn't cool. And again, this is not a bashing Trump thing. It's mm-hmm. just the way he, he was like. Literally, he was like, you know what? They haven't cleaned stuff up. They haven't cleaned the forest floor. They haven't done this. Maybe we should make them pay for it. That's what he said, like literally. Well, like, the, the, the problem what he's using, non-politically, of course, in this conversation, the problem is what he's using is there are some a lot of facts about PG&E out here in California that created some problems last year. Yeah. But that being said, that's legitimate. Not talking about the forest floor. You don't go sweep the floor. <laughs> you know. But to be fair, a lot of stuff out here in California, especially with PG&E, uh, one of the fires, God bless, God bless this one. One, of, I, this is no joke, by the way. One of the fires was actually started as a result. Are you ready? As a result of a birth announcement of what gender reveal it was. Oh, that fuck! Dude. There was there was there's a, an account I follow. Right? Yeah. It's actually kind of funny. It's um, it's got some shitty stuff, but it's actually has some really funny stuff. Sure. And they put a whole fucking ton of shit on about gender reveal stuff caused oh. the fires oh yeah let's see if i can buy it this was one specific and it, it was like it was a target and then it blew up a certain color right obviously i'm assuming pink or blue right and and but it's like you're out in the middle of a fucking dry field let alone even a, a normal, you know it's dry it's been hot here but it's like that that's how we started one of these fires. I mean, don't get me wrong; it's clearly clearly makes sense that that would do that. But again, this is just being stupid. I mean, that's just flat out being stupid. Hey, here's a brilliant idea. It's hot. It's dry. Let's go in the middle of a field and blow something up for a gender reveal. Oops! How did the fire start? Hmm. First of all, gender Go figure. Are the dumbest fucking. I don't like them anyways. They drive me nuts. The Granted, thankfully, I'm old enough. I don't see a lot of them. <laughs> now but right? yeah i don't have uh, i don't have friends that are having babies that are no. doing it. and the people i know wouldn't no. do dumbass gender reveals 
No. I don't like people, like, if I had, we, if, if Susan was pregnant, I wouldn't want to know what the gender was right away. I wouldn't be obsessed with that. Like, it's not my thing. Well, first of all, if Susan could get pregnant, it would be a freaking miracle. <laughs> then, right. then we'd have other conversations about immaculate conception and all that immaculate. stuff. But, but um, Fuck, I gotta find it. This person posts too much I, shit. I fucking hate gender reveals. I just, I, I just despise them. Although this one's funny. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a, they, it was a tweet that says a gender reveal party where you reveal all the harmful things you learned about gender roles and norms and vow not to pass them on to the next generation. Perfect. Yeah, fuck off with that. That one's a. Uh, uh, where is it? Jesus, why is there too much? <laughs> Stop tagging me and telling me it's your birthday. I don't give a fuck about your birthday. Y'all are annoying. That's why I never tweet annoying little bitches. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's another thing. I do not like, hey, I'm cool if people want to celebrate their birthday. More power to you, right? Whatever. I do not like the birthday month pro- proclamation. Yes, we talked about this one, no doubt. Like, seriously, one-twelfth of the year is spent celebrating your arrival onto this planet. Yes. <laughs> Arrival like you're an alien, your, your, but oh, your anniversary. You know. um, <laughs> yeah. I miss going to the bathroom, the club, and telling myself while peeing, I'm fucking lit right now. Oh, yeah. oh, totally. I remember those days. Those were fun. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's a pet peeve. This this one has. Should this person tweets? Should I live in New York where people think I'm stupid or in LA where they people where people think, think I'm, I'm ugly. ugly? I think I saw that one. Yeah, yeah that was a good one. I'm like, hmm, it's a toss up. Imagine how terrifying it would be to come out to your parents as trans or non-binary, knowing they burnt down thousands of acres of forest to declare your gender. <laughs> That's awkward. That's a good one. Not awkward at all. <laughs> Uh, I got. Oh, I got to tell you my story about our hat. Oh yes, they, you had a story about our hat. I'm... It's not really okay. First of all, okay, to it. our listeners, to downplay it, it's not nearly as cool as Eric's story. No, it's cooler. But no, no this is cool. a result of Eric's story. Is what this hat situation is. So when we when we went out of town to Mammoth Lakes, and. Side note, I'm glad we went when we did because there was a fire on the other side of the ridge from Mammoth Lakes and everybody's now where we are. I'm like, oh, well, we were at the right time. Anyways, back to my story. And so Susan was like, you're taking your hat, right? I'm like, yes. And, okay, fine. Let me go. Let me drive. We get there. And every single time, and I cannot stress every time enough. Okay, so let me, every, let me help you. Every period, single period, Mm -hmm. time. Yes. Or the claps in the middle. Every time I got out of the car, I don't know. It didn't matter what we were doing. We were going to a specific place. I do know it was every single time. It was every time. She would always say, did you get your hat? You might find some fans. She proceeded to do this for the entire trip, <laughs> entire trip <laughs> for two days, two and a half days. Every time, hat, like, we the, every time we left the, every time we left the room for the B and B or the Airbnb. And then every time we got out of the car, cause I had two hats with me. I had our mono hat and I had just a regular other hat. Right. And I just left mainly left them in the car. <laughs> but every time I get out of the car, it didn't matter if I was getting gas 
or whether we were going to go see the San Andreas Fault. It was, don't forget your hat. You might find some fans every time for two and a half days. You're welcome. Thank you, by the way. <laughs> That's my story. My wife proceeded to mercilessly tease me in a loving way for two and a half days. Is that because you told her about the... Uh, I did. Well, the, yeah. The story, obviously. Not only did I tell her, I made her listen to your explanation. And she's like, oh, that's great. And we were laughing. It was fun. And she's like, that's totally awesome. And then she, she, she did what all wives do. She took that piece of information and slid it right back in her memory bank. We <laughs> and laughed, she waited. We cried. We enjoyed it. And then she mm-hmm. teased me mercilessly. Then she teased me mercilessly. The whole rest of the time. <laughs> so, oh, I'm going to go get gas. Okay, here we go. Give me your card. Don't, don't forget your hat. You might get recognized. Like I might get recognized at the gas station at uh, <laughs> like Wachahachi or whatever. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Every every time. No joke. San Andreas Fault. Get out of the car. With the hat on. Oh, I just wanted to make sure you had your hat on. Yeah, I did. <laughs> so that's my story that my wife made fun of me for the entire two and a half days. Mercilessly. I was quite proud of her for it too. It was impressive. It's <laughs> the commitment is what I appreciate. Oh yeah. The, the oh commi- yeah. Most people give up quickly. Mm-mm. No, not her. <laughs> <laughs> most people. She's not most people. Well, no, no. But to be fair, I mean, I still hold on to things that happened ten years ago, and I make fun of her for it. No. Oh yeah. No. You All the time. You, you wouldn't do that. Me? Never. <laughs> never. I would never do such a thing. That's rude and horrible, and only a terrible husband would do that. <clears throat> well, I guess you're a terrible husband. <gasps> How dare you, sir? How dare you speak to me in that tone? You, you're the one who said it. <laughs> really? So you're not going to take responsibility for your actions? Uh, no, I'm a lefty. Okay. Oh, <laughs> well, I was going to say, what are you, Antifa? <laughs> you you like how I pulled that one out? That you, was a good one. You enjoyed that one? Yeah, we can. Oh, dude, it's always to... it's always fun to make fun of ourselves. It's totally fine. Well, yeah, I'm not making fun of myself. Uh, yeah, the, well, no, no, you were. I was listening yeah. to Jocko Willink on Joe mm-hmm. Rogan today. His latest one. He was. Um... I saw the uh, one of his clips a uh, couple days ago. I, I don't remember. I was the one he was. He was. I don't know if it's the same one you're talking about. It was. He was talking about uh, defunding police. Yeah. Um, right. Or maybe it was a part of it. I yeah, just, I caught it. It was interesting. I was listening. I was very interested in what, just hearing him, what his opinion was. So yeah, it's definitely interesting. I mean, he, he's, he's such a fascinating guy. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's funny. I think he's quite serious too, by the way, when he says he thinks that Dwayne Johnson should run. No, I, I wouldn't be surprised. And I don't mean that in flipp- flippantly either. I um, mean, what we've learned is that at this point, why would that, why would that be unusual? right now you know uh no yeah and 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 um i think and and honestly he'd be a better choice than either of the two that are currently running yeah i mean i don't know what is what we would find out clearly in 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 a campaign on, on what their views are on certain things but other than that sure which is you know not i mean i right now i i wouldn't find it to be odd I, 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 no, and, and not, never mind not, but I think, I just think like, if you think of how he carries himself and how he treats people and, and just, and everything like that, like, mm-hmm. 
I mean, he's he's absolutely clearly, he's clearly a man who has unbelievable work ethic and business sense. Mm-hmm. And, and he has an, an, a stellar overall reputation with pretty much everybody. Here's the thing. That, that's a great point. And, and mm-hmm. when you think of Dwayne Johnson, mm-hmm. he's been around for 20 years now. Yeah. Yeah. Give I mean, you figure he started in, you know, the, the whole wrestling bit. And, and wrestling and to it, acting it, to right? whatever, right? Right. To pretty much everything now. Yeah. Can you, and he's been as high profile as, I mean, he's, mm-hmm. he, is he the biggest actor in the world? He's up there. He he's up there. He's up there. He's actually he's actually right. I want to, in terms of I think somebody mentioned the other day in terms of money. He's he's uh, getting he's, paid the most I think yeah. right now for what the stuff right. he does. And sure. He's he's doing incredibly well. Yeah, um, absolutely. Very well. He's very likable. Extremely likable. He's extremely likable. Um, mm-hmm. he, I mean, he obviously curates that well, but well, you sure, know, you, you can't yeah. curate that if it if there's not some truth to it. I don't think. Right. But here's the thing. Name a scandal that involves Dwayne Johnson. Nothing. There's nothing. Nothing. Zero zilch, zilch, and it would be out there. He's a man of that, a person of that high profile. Um, And especially with a good reputation. People look for it. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Everybody, you're looking, you're looking for the shoe, right, to drop. You're looking for that one piece of thing and nothing. There's nothing Nothing. on that guy. And that's, and I think that there's, regardless of his politics, I think that Mm -hmm. at this point, people just want a a person like that. And I think that even if his politics weren't right in line with yourself, you could go, you know, like, I think that will sway a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I think, I think there's people who might go, you know, it's not exactly in line, but that's, he seems fucking legit. Like, and, and, and I don't know, like, I get that a lot of people are saying that because he's popular and he's likable. I think that's part of the big reason, but, Mm -hmm. um, you know who knows? It's um, he's, well, he's he's, he's also he's in, he's a very he's an intelligent guy. I mean, I'm not I'm not talking that you know he's like Sam Harris, you know, or you know Jordan Peterson or people like that that are thinkers. He's and very, that's not his, a, his intelligence is very different. Right, right, and that's not a knock on. I'm not meaning that in a slight because those are of two of extremely super uberly smart people. Just you know, they're, they're it's hard to follow their conversation. He's not, yeah, he's not an academic. He, no. But he's he's very well spoken. He's he's educated in the ways of being able to interact, and you know how he comes across in multiple different situations. And I don't I don't think that that's like I, I think that I, clearly that's who he is. Um, but no, I, I definitely he's extremely likable. Um, he you're right. He's been in the 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 spotlight. For twenty years, and there's not even a sniff, nothing, of anything, yeah. you know, at all. And 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 especially in the cynical world we live in, people are always looking for that. You know, the tabloids are always looking for that, and nothing. Yeah. You've got nothing. Which fantastic. He's a genuine article. You know, he is. Ex- I think he's exactly like you think he is. <laughs> you know, I think, so. mm-hmm. I think that you know. I th- again. He curates himself well. You know, his mm-hmm. Instagram is very well done. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, he does a lot of things. You, you know, there, there's no way that, that not a ton of what he does is not calculated. There's, there's no way. It's it's just how it is. Yeah, absolutely. But that being said, you, you, you can't pull it off day after day after day after day after day, you know, month after month after year after year. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And you can't make that switch from being a wrestler to a legit actor like he he went mm-hmm. from 
he went from being a wrestler that so many people don't think of it as being mainstream acting, mm-hmm. take people too seriously with it, especially with mm-hmm. the, the way his character of of the role. Yeah, the, when he started, sure. Yeah, he right. was he was the, the he was the the uh, the instigator and the uh, totally. and the he was supposed to be the bad guy. He was always sort of the the heel or whatever. Yeah. Right? The heel, yeah. And then and then yeah. he's he he's got he went back and forth, but he always had this particular character. And then mm-hmm. when he got into movies, he did sort of. You know the sort of like okay, there's a there's the wrestler doing movies, right? Mm-hmm. But more he's done movies, become more of this big box office, mm-hmm. you know, like legit star, and and you know he has things like he has this tequila company that he's mm-hmm. started, and like everything, you know, he just seems to do. He just seems like a legit nice guy, and and mm-hmm. again, I'd, it'd be very hard, I think, to curate that, and 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 foster that. To the, the the authenticity that it appears to be, I think as 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 long standing as he has. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. Wasn't really I mean, I, I, right. I I think with him specifically, he's one of the most people that stand out. That I think that what you see after years of obviously seeing you've yep. been around in the limelight, I think what you see is what you get. You know, with him. Yeah. And that's what I think Jocko had mentioned on there. He said, you know, hey, you know, he's a, he's a great guy. He's, you know, always the fun one to be around, meaning just, you know, he's he's always in a good mood and he's always, you know, he, he, he was talking about personal things, not, not you know, how he's portraying. He's just about, yeah, yeah. He, he, yeah. he's exactly like you, he's exactly like you think he is, right? And and even the cynics, you know, I mean, you're right. People would have picked it out if if this was just you know hey this is my public image and private image and look to be fair there's I don't have a problem with people who do that as long as you're not hypocritical about something you know like sports players that are like hey I'm not a role model right. I mean I don't I think you kind of are but I mean meaning yeah. I, I understand to a certain level that you know you know you don't have to be Barry Bonds is a great example phenomenal baseball player the greatest guy to chat with well i mean charles barkley was the guy who said that right yep exactly it's where i was thinking drawn from right i'm not i am not a role model and again i don't i I mean it from a level of you know you are a role model in essence because kids still watch your sport and stuff but i think from the generalized principle i understand where that was coming from like that ad with charles barkley was more driven toward look parents need to step up (laughs) you know i think that's what it was and so i understood why they did that but yeah, the whole thing with you know with Dwayne Johnson, it's it's just I just think he's exactly there. There are few people, and I'm sure there's more than we know, but they're just he's just really big, like in terms of popularity. You know, there's probably plenty of people in Hollywood that are who you think they are. You know, for the most part, but he's just by far the most recognizable. You know, and um, but yeah, I just yeah, you're right. You've never heard a sniff of anything at all. Like nothing other than just continued positive. Like John Cena is another guy. Yeah. That's another guy that, that fits in that. And he's starting to do a lot like more now. And I, he's a pretty darn good actor. You know, I mean, it's the, right. He is, but I mean, it it makes it, it clearly makes sense why people that are wrestling could go into acting because they're they're doing, they're acting. It's a soap opera. It's a male dominated soap opera. That was the kind of the concept. You could see it. Right. So it made sense. But John Cena is actually pretty good, and he's and he but his whole like he's done the most Make a Wish foundations of anybody. 
I mean, he's like yeah, tirelessly with that's that. That's like his thing, right? It's his it's thing. Huge. He, it's huge. I mean, it is his thing. And I saw one time, and I, I got to find, I'll send it to you. It was a clip, and it was a way of people thanking John Cena because of all the things he'd done for the Make-A-Wish. And they got him in a room, and they had a TV. It was a large space, right? Kind of like a warehouse, right? right? And they and they dark, kind of darkened it, and he's watching the television, and it's all the kids that he had done something for thanking him, you know, just on little bits of each one, it, just kind of a thank you, right? Yeah. Little card, in essence, an e-card, right? And then they all came out. Oh. And what was really, really oh. cool was so cool. this one kid was talking about his mom because his mom was going through cancer. And the mom was with him, and it was so touching to watch John Cena's reaction. I mean, it's very genuine. He's clearly a guy, again, he's a pretty genuine guy. I mean, he, yeah, he's... I, I agree. I've seen, I've seen yeah. a couple things with him where you're like, yeah, yeah you, you can't fake that. But he said, he said something, he said something effective because the kid was like, you know, my mom is here because of you, because you gave me hope. And it really, he started to kind of tear up. And... And he said, I didn't do anything. You, you you, and your mom did this for each other. Like it was so like how he still deflected all that attention off himself. Like you watch him. I mean, he, he was great. I mean, he walked up and gave them both a big hug and it was fantastic. But he's like, no, you, you guys helped each other. Like it was so interesting that even in a time when people just wanted to give him a nod, he still deflected it back to these people that you did this. You were able to overcome this. And I'm like, that to me blew my mind. Just the humbleness of that. I mean, he, he graciously accepted the adulation, of, of course, but he was un, he was clearly not in a bad way uncomfortable. It just was not something he clearly was aiming for. You know, you could tell he was he was very shocked that it was happening and he was thankful. But you could tell he was kind of embarrassed by it, which is cool. You know, I mean, that's really cool to have somebody n not really thrive for that in terms of that personal. I need people to know kind of thing. Totally. So, and, and again, yeah. you know, there's there's just for sure. Um, some curating there, but you can you can well, tell sure. often yeah, you yeah. watch those. You're like, okay, there there's where the where the you know um, you can see where the where the genuine moments are where they where they fall sure. out and stuff that like have nothing to where they're they're not um with you know where they're like they're not putting on this where they're kind of caught off guard or it's 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 caught from the side or something like yeah like um. Some really cool. There, there was a really good one. There's a couple good ones with The Rock, uh, mm -hmm. with Dwayne Johnson. One of them is where he, um, he's in a boardroom or something, and the guy pulls him aside, and he's a dad, and has a little story with him, and you can just see like it was not set up. It was he just sort of has a conversation with him, and the dad says something about Moana, and how mm -hmm. I can't remember what it was, but it's a really cool little moment, um, and um, yeah, it's I again I can't remember, but another one that's mm -hmm. really good. Is that he? Um, um, there's two, actually two more actually that are really cool. So, I guess apparently, so there's a there's a, a t-shirt. What's an apparel company? It's mostly t-shirts that, mm -hmm. that I'm a huge fan of called Roots of Fight. I don't know if I've shared mm -hmm. it with you. Yeah, you've sent the the link before. It's really neat stuff. Yeah, a lot of boxing, a lot of aged boxing references, and all, a lot of really cool yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's all yeah. Roots of Fight type, right? right. And um, right. Like, you know, like Muhammad Ali and, mm -hmm. uh, you, know, and you know, Mike Tyson right. and then like right. even like going older and older and then baseball stuff. And mm -hmm. they blew up huge when he was he took a picture um, in the gym wearing a Roots of Fight tank. Mm -hmm. Right. I think it was a Muhammad Ali one. Might have been a Tyson mm -hmm. one. I'm not sure. Sure. Um, 
and uh, apparently, like he just had purchased it and wore it. Like, he didn't like. There was no. It wasn't Rooster Fight. Never gave it to him. There was no. Like, yeah, it wasn't a publicity thing. No, it was just what he was wearing that day. And he's actually, <laughs> yeah, and he's actually since then bought more. I, I guess the Rooster Fight was saying like he he just buys stuff and he buys stuff. like he goes online. Apparently, he doesn't reach out to them. He buys it on his own. Buys yeah. the the latest one was a Negro League one. There's actually mm-hmm. they're, they're, they have a um, a series of Negro League shirts that are really cool. It was because uh, of February. Uh, no. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say because of Black History Month, but I think they anyway. And he wore and again just wore it because because he likes it, right? Um, so it's really cool that he will like just wear shit that he likes because it, and like you think about it, I th- is he the person on Instagram with the most? Fo- he has almost two hundred million followers. Holy shit! So he's I think he's up there. He might be number one. If not, he's obviously close. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, so easily. I'm looking, through his, I'm looking through it. I mean, there's another. Here's another tank top by uh roots of fight so he obviously likes mm-hmm. the brand sure and and yeah and, and and they don't provide them like he he apparently right buys just buys them on his own yeah buys them on his own and um which is super cool and then yeah. the other one i love is have you ever seen and here i found the the one have you ever seen the ones with his daughter Mm-mm, no i don't think so, so he's no. a little daughter she's two mm-hmm. i think two mm-hmm. and a half or something I love this this caption and for the 937th time today she wants daddy to sing along with with Maui. So Maui's the mm-hmm. big his character in Moana. Right in Moana, yeah. Yeah, and he goes she has no idea we're the same person. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes she's going to she's going to freak out later in life. Goes, I have no idea what day it is anymore, but I'm sure it's one that ends with why. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine his daughter when she's old enough to grasp the concept? Yeah. Once she realizes that was her dad, yeah, that's going to be like... What a cool moment, right? Like, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Actually talking yeah. about him too. Uh-huh. Um, and and another another one is uh, tattoos. Have you seen what he... Because you know his right arm. Uh-huh. For the longest time he had that Brahma bowl, the very simple Brahma bowl. Right, yeah. That, like that's the symbol. Like I don't know if you've seen Project Rocker. It's the one he had forever. It's just that simple Brahma bowl, right? Right. Well, if you look closely, and he did post it a long time ago. He did. I don't really pay attention to it now. Well, he, his right arm, he did a cover up and mm-hmm. a new one of it. Try to find it sometime. It's it's a fucking awesome tattoo. It's like a more stylized and way mm-hmm. bigger one, because the original was kind of small, on right on his on his like shoulder cap, and then right. the new one's like just spans his whole arm. Let's see. Yeah. It, if you just oh, there we go. Hold on. There's one of him. Okay, I've got to probably see it. Yeah, you want to. Oh yeah, you're talking. About, yeah, where it, where it spans his whole arm and then it goes and it wraps back under his pec and yeah. comes all the way around up around the back. Yeah, yeah that's right pretty. Arm. It's yeah. like a yeah, and it's yeah, I could see that. That's pretty, yeah, it's impressive. It's very dope. I mean, I'm sure he could find the best tattoo artist around to do that for him. I mean, you know, it's not like he's well, worried about. Here's him. what's amazing about. Oh, this is a really dope picture. It's a black and white picture of him just kind of standing straight forward looking at you, and you can see the tattoo. Holy crap. It's pretty awesome. He's a fucking beast, man. Like, he's so big. Yeah. But here's the thing about tattoo artists, right? I mean, yeah, there's a lot of super famous, really good tattoo artists, and there's such a lot of people that are so good at tattoos that aren't the super famous. It's like the guy who does my tattoos is insanely talented. But he's totally not great. like not like LA Inc. He doesn't work there. The guy's just ridiculous. So that's what I think is really cool about tattoos is that 
you know, you don't have, I mean, yeah, people go to like LA Inc and all those places because they're famous. Sure. But God, there's this, what's really cool about a lot of the tattoo places. There's, you know, guys that are and girls that are just super talented, you know, and just, they're very artistic just in general. And it's like my tattoo shop I go to is just very different. It doesn't have that feel of a tattoo shop, you know, where it's like you walk in and it feels like a cattle car or something. It's, they got art everywhere because they're they all do their own art and they sell it and it's just it's a very cool vibe <laughs> when you go in there and it's like yeah so i think it's that's what i love about the whole tattoo thing is like you can people can have some insane like you can see them all over the internet insane tattoos from people you know you have no idea who they are <laughs> you know and so it's totally great i mean it's it's a great um medium for people well, that, that are good at yeah it, so. i've been searching so much now actually speaking moving over to the topic of tattoos i've been mm-hmm. looking i follow a couple now um i'm not sure if they're exactly the artists that i that i connect with there's, there's a couple i do and a couple mm-hmm. uh, you know that, that has some really cool stuff but i'm like because if i told you my plans uh we've talked a little bit about it i don't know if I, yeah i so, don't know if i've got the full so i'm going to do both arms from shoulder okay. to I don't know if I'll go all the way right to my wrist. Mm-hmm. I think I might go four or five inches up from my wrist. Sure. We'll see. But that's also because I'm I'm not going to do um, a defined line at the end of it. So because each each tattoo that I'm going to do is, is going to be really great to not be defined. So right. My, my right arm, it's going to start with like streams, rivers, and rocks mm-hmm. and stuff like that sort of. And then it's going to go to like a forest and then to like mountains. So, you know, that sort of, you know, I've, I've seen other ones that are similar and, and, and I've heard a couple of people, like, that's kind of typical. I go, well, it's how nature works. It goes from streams to forest to mountains. Like that's, mm-hmm. so, right. sorry that that's how the world is built. Mm-hmm. Sure, absolutely. But, but the idea is, is that somewhere out of the trees into the mountain is going to be a griffin. Mm, okay. And then the whole idea is griffin loves being outdoors. Like he's, mm-hmm. he loves everything, like. He loves mountains and he likes getting mm-hmm. can't like all that sort of stuff, but the, and then the griffin will come out of this. So obviously a griffin. So I got to figure out that one. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been a couple. I I, I don't want to say I like anime, mm-hmm. but sort of that anime kind of '90s sort of um, uh, you know graphic novel sort of 90s sort of comic book look like the 90s is where, where I the late, late 90s is where I like the most where it's still comic mm-hmm. like it, it hasn't gone dark like the 2000s and later comics have gone but mm-hmm. it's just started to turn that still has a little bit of the comic book cartoony look like mm-hmm. it's where the transition sort of occurred does that make sense mm-hmm. yeah absolutely so um, so I, I want that and then and the, uh, and the idea is so I want to start working on that one soon because I actually want to help him. I want him to start to decide what the colors are because I want to do sort of like muted, like not black and white, but not fully bright colored. I want to mm-hmm. do sort of in the middle somewhere mm-hmm. and then him go like, what, what color do you think this stuff should? And like, so he's gets to choose that, like, and then the Griffin and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And then down the road is Stella's probably about the same age as he is now. So seven and you know, eight to eight years old. So Stella is Latin for star. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do like a galaxy and stars and space, you know, kind of all in my left arm, highlighting somewhere on my, my arm. Um, 
you know, like a bright, bright star. So like that will be, that will be her, right? Mm-hmm. And then and then have her do the same thing, like her sort of okay, do this color, do that, like right. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. So that's that's my plan. But I got to find someone that you know where that sort of style, or like you need to see what they do. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, right. there's so many tattoo parlors and, and artists in Vancouver, and oh sure, it's fucking overwhelming to even start to look right. What's like we're yeah. What helped me is because I because I was it was kind of like my friend that I worked with. Her husband had one of his sleeves done by the guy I go to. Okay, yeah. And so it was, and I had some cover ups I wanted to do and all that stuff. And so, at the time, he wasn't taking clients; like he was just super booked all the time, right? I and mean, just all, like three, four months out booked, and he wasn't taking anything. But because I knew Steve, he was like, "Sure, come in, let's talk," <laughs> you know. Right, right. And his deal is, you know, you come in and he wants. And he just, it is very like chill, right? It's like, okay, what are you thinking? I'm kind of think this, this is, okay. All right. Okay. What about this? And it's, it is a collaboration, which is cool, which but is he's definitely yeah. right. He, he, the thing is, is I always say, cause if people ask me, well, did you know all the stuff you've done? Has it, is that exactly how I envisioned it? And I always say no, because how I would have done it, he, he was able to do way better than what my idea ever would be. Well, I think so that's the absolute yeah. right answer, right? Like, yeah. If you had your if you had in your mind's eye something and they do exactly that, well, mm-hmm. that means you didn't get what they their artist flair or touch or style mm-hmm. or whatever it is, right? Right. Oh yeah. I mean, he stays within the theme of what you want because you there's that collaboration, but it's so interesting like my Punisher that I got on my leg he basically, because Susan had gotten, she had gotten her tattoo, one of her tattoos. And so I was talking to him about it before he left. He goes, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take about 10 pictures. Just find whatever off the internet, pictures out of your comic right. books, whatever. Yeah. 10 that you like. And we'll just talk about it. And you, we'll, we'll, we'll work with that. And that's what he ended up doing. He ended up going, okay, we'll do this, 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 this. And, you know, it, it was... You know, I know, it would have been nothing I would ever have put together, but it was like, but it was still all kind of your choices all at the same time. And um, so that's what's happened pretty much both my sleeves with him and then my leg. You know, we're, I'm looking about, I'm, you know, I'm getting ready at some point. I probably, you know, probably early next year at this point, I'm going to do a, a memorial tattoo for Dallas. And like Susan already got hers done. She right. got like a pocket watch. That has the actual time that he died in his his script. I uh, I love you on the pocket watch, mm-hmm. like in his actual is his handwriting. So, right. so that was what she got. And Dallas loved, like his two characters he loved in, in comics were Venom and, and Deadpool. Those were like he just loved them. And so I was thinking, so I'm thinking I'm going to get as a memorial tattoo. I'm going to get a Venom tattoo for Dallas. I just don't know what it's going to going to entail specifically, but that's going to be what I'm doing for him. I'm going to get it on my chest. But yeah, it's, but yeah. So when I was asking him about it, I'm like, yeah, I'm thinking I'm going to do a Venom tattoo. And he has a great concept. First thing he says, you want to go movie or comic book? And I'm like, comic book. He's like, nice. I uh-huh. agree. <laughs> you know, it's just, well, that's, that's you know, it's that. One, right? it, yeah. It's so, I mean, the, the movie was cool, but you know, no, you want, there's so much to choose from, from the comic books, you know, to, to do so. But, um, yeah, you know, finding a person I got lucky and somebody that now it's like, I, you know, I don't want to be tattooed by anybody else, you know, and it's, it's just, you know, he's very wide ranging. And he's one of those guys that goes into Idaho during the wintertime and does the snow carving contests that they have there. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's just very, 
Uh, and not that it's a surprise. He's a tattoo artist, but he's extremely artsy, which is cool. And he's very cool. So it's just like, he's like one of those guys that's like, okay, come in. We're going to do this. You want to you wanna throw on Netflix? Yeah, sure. He's like, have you seen Ozark? I'm on that yet. He's like, let's start watching it. You'll like it, right? So he puts it on. He's working and we're watching Ozark. And he's, you know, it's just really, really cool. <laughs> so, but yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. You know, you got to find somebody. That's totally the thing. Right. I actually mm-hmm. would love it. If I could sit and do my whole arm in one sitting. Oof, that's rough, though. No, I don't mean pain-wise. Pain-wise, yes, it's clearly going to be rough. But a lot of it is, that's a lot of work for the tattooer. Yeah. Like, I can hear Harley grunting at certain stages on the tattoo. Like, yeah. oof, like really pushing. And totally. he's really fast. Like, I mean, him, like, my leg was about four or five sittings at about four hours a pop. You know, and he's got other clients, so it's not like he's going to, you know, do eight, ten hours super, a day. Yours is super detailed too, right? Oh, exactly. And yeah, he's just. But so, it, I would love to. Like my personal goal is, I would always want to get a tattoo done and just do it all in one sitting. That's. But unfortunately, when you're dealing with the size and scale and, you know, you know, how you know detailed it is, that obviously, you know, you've only got so much time to work with. Plus. They're tattoo guys. They have multiple people appointments. For you sure. know, they give you blocks of time, and uh, yeah, I want to say my I for for next year my sleeves and my leg, my just my bottom leg sleeve is probably the average sitting was about four to five hours, and each one of them was at least four sittings. Right, but I usually do it in a row. Like I usually go, okay, I'm going to go on a Sunday or Monday get worked on, and then like two weeks later, give it a little bit of time to heal up a little bit. And then two weeks later, do another. And I, you know, I just do it as quick as humanly possible. <laughs> like, like as soon as you can get me back in, I'm, I'm back in. Because I don't want to ling. I don't want to dawdle. I want it done as much as quick as possible. But yeah, one sitting from like shoulder to, let's just use wrist as an example, shoulder to wrist would be an ins- very, very tough undertaking. Not just for the pain, which is clearly, obviously part of it, but just on the tattooer of how yeah. much work that is, you know, so. And you don't want a tired tattooer at a certain level. <laughs> so, yeah. That, yeah. That is true. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's definitely, and it's like, what I always talk about, like, I usually go long periods, like, to get a tattoo, I, I try to get it all done as quick as possible, but then usually I wait long periods of time in between the next one, like, once it's finished. Right. Yeah. And people are like, why? I'm like. I just have to re- forget how bad it hurts. <laughs> like you forget after a year or two, you're like, I'm ready, <laughs> you know? And, uh, yeah, even Susan's that same thing. Mine. It's been yeah. almost 20 years since my last one. So, mm-hmm. oh yeah. Oh yeah. You're, you'll, you'll be okay. Just to remember. And I remember it like, I'll go a year or so in between or whatever it is. And the minute he starts, I go, Oh, there it is. <laughs> and then, then you're, then it's too late that point <laughs> but susan the same thing she when she got her leg and her foot and her she got one on her back and then her arm and all that stuff it's yeah. it's the same thing she's like i i just wait long enough to where i forget what it was like <laughs> so yeah and you know what and, and mine's on, on my last one was on like my upper quad mm-hmm. thigh, which, she's like this one's gonna hurt a lot mm-hmm. i was like all right go for it it wasn't too bad. I mean. Yeah, the the quad. Yeah, there's even they got the muscle. It's it's when you really get it toward like anywhere bone related, like yeah. an ankle or the top of the foot. Susan on the top of the. Bone, f- it, yeah. Oh, Susan did the when she did the top of her foot where like this piece kind of 
it, it ends down on her foot. You know, I, I don't want to do that. I mean, when he did my, when he did my, my leg, he actually, cause he likes, he does a really good job of kind of fading the tattoo out at the bottom and he doesn't like abrupt stops, which yeah, is really kind of cool. Yeah. That, right? right. He's, it's a very, it's, an, it's a very nice end to, to the piece. And he actually went down over half my ankle, you know, cause it faded out to just, just the half my ankle he did the ankle bone. I was like, Oh dear Lord. Right. And I've, you know, I've gotten tattoo under the arm and it hurts, but I dealt with it in the ditch, which is right in where you, when you bend your arm on the inside, just that little spot in there, but that stuff's brutal. But like the, the bone on your foot, you know, or the ankle or like you, like you said, your hip, you know, the ribs, like, cause there's just not a lot of flesh there, totally. <laughs> you know? So yeah. Oof. Susan, when she saw, I'm like, I have been tattooed a lot more than she has, but the time that they spent on her foot probably hurt way more than anything I've ever experienced. So it's like crazy, very crazy. Oof. Get shudders just thinking about it. Oof. Oof. <laughs> so, oof. <laughs> oof. Goodness gracious, no, thank you. You're, you're too old. Did you ever? Um, just out of curiosity, did you ever finish uh, Afterlife? No, no. Okay. So I got into, um, I've been watching another show that is really good, um, mm -hmm. which has many wor many letters that are similar, but has nothing to do with the same, nor does the word the same. Uh, well, you, you won't guess. No, I'm not going to. Uh, it's called The Affair. And it's I've, I've heard about that. Very yeah. good show. Five seasons. I know, in fact, I think you've told me that, actually. The Affair, okay. I remember now, yeah. Interesting. Uh, yeah, so it's good. So I got, you know, honestly, I watched Afterlife. I got mm -hmm. into the second season. Mm -hmm. um, and I enjoyed it. And mm -hmm. I re really like Richie Gervais, but it just, it wasn't gripping my attention. Sure. We binge watched it in two days. That's the only reason I got through it quickly is because it was like, ah, let's I, just watch I just, it. I don't have time to binge yeah. watch stuff like that. Well, so. yeah. well you're, you're a dad, so. <laughs> dad, and, yeah, yeah. It just, you know, it's, yeah, it's not, it doesn't, and I don't right. like my sleep. Well, the only good thing, the only bright bright side about it is they weren't long episodes. They're like they're like twenty five minutes or thirty minutes. They're like an old sitcom size. They're sitcom length, yeah. So you can fly through it pretty quickly once you get going, and that's kind of what we did. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I like Ricky Gervais. Uh, really appreciated the writing of the show, though. Like cause you're dealing with topics that are they're emotional, you know. And I thought, what a really cool way to branch out i mean he's a good actor anyways i've seen him in a lot of other stuff that i ghost town i really enjoy that movie with him in it and it's he's you know i just think you know if you he's one of those guys that i like him as a person so it's like you kind of see him and all these people that he plays <laughs> you know yeah. which is which the way he does it in that show so I, I quite enjoyed it and i know susan really liked it too and you know but yeah it was definitely an emotional type show um and dealing with those kind of topics but uh but yeah it was it's it's definitely not i could see like i have a problem my problem is like i'll get into a show and if that show has a break for too long like the walking dead like yeah. there's like a six month span right and yeah, like at that like point skip, i'm they, done one year i think at one point they had a one year span yeah and uh, that was and that was between yeah. the one when what's his name joined and i that's where they lost me i was like uh, oh, with Negan, Jeffrey yeah, D. Morgan, that yeah, that was it, wasn't it? When Jeffrey right. Morgan died, and it was like it seemed really good, but I, I got out of it. 
Yeah, the problem, yeah. And, I, and I'm not a really short attention span. I mean, I'm kind of a middle-range attention span person. It, I don't just drive away off anything. But, yeah, the problem that The Walking Dead had, I feel, I haven't watched it since really the end of the Negan character the first time. He He's on it now still, but um, the Negan as we knew it, right? The the just the tyrannical normal Negan. I think what ended up happening a lot, they lost a lot of viewers, not because it was a bad show, but because it just got to a point where it was like, this is getting dragged out way too long. Right. It's like, there's only so much it's no, it's a, you're dealing with a show that for how many years, it's a lot of gross topics. Obviously zombies are gross and all that kind of stuff, but it's not, it's hard to like binge watch that show. Because it's, you know, you, it shouldn't be normal for you to not somewhat be affected by like, oof, that was a heavy one, you know? <laughs> like, oof, I, 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 I'm not going in to write another one for a day or two here, you know? But yeah, I I watched it up until the, 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 the first Negan plot line, and then I, Susan's been watching it since I stopped. And a lot of it was the gap, and I lost interest, you know? Um, I'd been losing interest over the years, just over time, but once that gap finally hit, and there's a lot of shows. That, Ozark was another one. I... Ozark is a great show. I saw him watch the third season. It's like I just—it's like a part of me just doesn't want to. It's not because I don't like it. It's just I'm like I don't want to commit to it. Really? You know? Yeah, I'll get—I'll get there. I know I'll get there. I've seen the first two and they're phenomenal. I just—it's so good. I know. I, I just. Wait for it. Yeah, I know. It's. I I don't really binge watch a lot of shows, so that's why when we binge watch Afterlife, it was kind of an oddity that we binge watched it. But it was also because it was a very quick episode. So, but Ozark is like an hour long. You know, on an average, and it's like, eh, well, it's you like know. This, uh, this show, The Affair, I'm watching, I think mm-hmm. every episode is 50-something minutes. It's a Showtime yeah. show. So it never had commercials mm-hmm. anyway, right? Okay, right. Um, and I watch an episode every other night. It, it, you know, I'll watch three or four nights in a row. There'll be three or four nights I won't watch it. And, you know, so I'm, I'm, I've gotten through it at a decent pace for me because it's mm-hmm. the one I'm interested in right now. It's quite a fascinating show, too, because of the way they do it. So um, I don't know if I told you before, like, so the first season, so it's this dude who goes to Montauk, New York, where um, they're uh, on a summer vacation with his family, meets this woman, waitress, and they have an affair. And, um, okay. Every episode, part one and part two, it's, so it's Noah and Allison. So part one mm-hmm. is Noah's perspective mm-hmm. on a period of time. And then it's Allison's perspective on that period of time. And of course, you get to see what happens, like, because they're not always together. So, like, oh, she was doing this and he was doing that. And then you see the times when they were together. Mm-mm. But every time the perspective is different, like, you're like, wow, it's not even close. Like, what Allison's mm-hmm. right. part is and what Noah's part. You're like, oh. Then, of course, there's a there's a death. You don't know who did it. And then, sure. they, like, then they go into season two, three, four. And eat, and then there's people that um, there's um, people that become introduced as other parts. So there's no one, Allison, but Noah has his wife Helen, and she you get a part from her, and then you get Allison's husband Cole, and it, so like, and then it keeps like, so now you start getting like perspectives from other people. That, so it's it's quite interesting how they decided to do the show. so the show is done different. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, it's it's actually really cool, cool done. And then it's it's gone. They've added like you're like, oh shit, that happened. Oh, that person. Like it's it's definitely yeah. I remember you mentioned it before. I kept meaning to go try to find it and and and, and see where I can 
Yeah, watch. Is it on Hulu or? Well, I don't have. We don't have Hulu here. Is it Netflix? Oh, maybe, maybe we have Hulu. It's not Netflix. So, it's a Showtime show, right? And we get in on what's called Crave. Crave mm-hmm. hosts our HBO, um, Showtime, like that. Those channels. So mm-hmm. I, th- I would have come. It would have been originally aired on HBO for us, I think. Okay. All right. I'll check actually. Yeah, I'll check because we have. I know we have HBO, so maybe it's it's in there with uh, with some of the shows there. But uh, speaking of shows, I watched. I was really late to the party, like probably a couple months late. But I finally watched the full documentary of uh, the Last Dance. I haven't finished it. Yeah, where? Are you, how far are you in on it? Uh, let me open my Netflix and take a look. Wow, talk about being extremely specific. Okay. <laughs> talk about being extremely Dude, specific I, well, I, I, i'm gonna look because i actually don't i don't know if it's like i don't want to like feel like i'm only a little bit into it or a lot into it i actually can't remember i've got a few good thing is christy won't have watched it so <laughs> that's perfect last dance episode one two. <laughs> a gender reveal party except you just fucking text people and not light the forest on fire yeah that one that one's good too uh I yeah don't know. maybe i was into i watched the dennis rodman no oh, okay yeah, I'm yeah pretty decent into maybe, it. maybe i'm still only in episode one or two oh, okay no nah, maybe yeah. i'm still in episode one interesting it, i like that they what's neat what i liked about it is is well, the way they jump around because they're because they're kind of covering through this whole documentary, like the first and second three peat. Obviously, the 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 last dance is the is the final season of the of the second three peat. But what I like is right. they they spend a lot of time time jumping. Like you go, you start when he was in college, and then when he's in, you know getting drafted and and then they spend some time you know as he works his way up but then they keep bouncing back to the second three time frame so you're you're constantly shifting you know 10 years apart or whatever it is you know totally and there's a lot of stuff going on in each one of those little time periods including usa basketball for the olympics and and just a whole bunch of everything which i was very interesting the stories in there a lot of people i saw were texting and tweeting about it or whatever you know, and there's, I guess you could call it bombshells. I don't know. I, I don't really find anything in there a bombshell. I think no. these are competitive people. And Jordan was a competitor at the highest level. I mean, uh, Kobe Bryant, I thought, was a supreme competitor. And I feel Jordan was just a notch above Kobe, even though Kobe was insane as <laughs> a competitor. And that's well, not mean, a slight. Jordan is the number one competitor in sort of right. probably American sports. I mean, sure. The, the only the only person that that I've heard that you can compare and it it might even be that you can compare Jordan mm-hmm. to him is Wayne Gretzky yes and we've talked about that before yes like his, absolutely. his level of competitiveness right. is mm-hmm. like off the charts why well, they interviewed Kobe in this last dance and he because they showed like one of the all-star games that Kobe it was his rookie year and um but Kobe on the talking head was saying, Hey, you know, you know, Jordan was great to me. He said, you know, I'd, I'd ask him questions, you know, when we were hanging on the court and he would literally give me answers. It wasn't like he was trying to hide some secret, you know, it was like, he would still give me, you know, like advice on, Hey, you're going to do this, 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 this. And what I found interesting is, is he said, you know, people like to compare me to Michael and I keep trying to tell them I 
am a result of Michael. Yes. <laughs> you know, yeah, Michael was yeah. the true was the true best at what he did and he's like what I what I was able to do is what I learned through Michael. So it wasn't a matter of am I better than Michael or not. It was a matter of you know, Michael's Michael. <laughs> you know, and that's coming from a guy who arguably is probably a, a number right behind Michael in terms of being a better no, and no. not by much either. Like not, no. there's not a lot of difference, <laughs> but Michael was just that one extra notch up. And it was very interesting. I did find it interesting because a lot of, I like the fact that they delved in with other players, you know, like Scotty and uh, Steve Kerr. Steve like the Kerr. whole Steve Kerr thing was fascinating to me. I've just, yeah, be, I haven't seen it. I, Steve okay. Kerr's a fascinating cat. Mm -hmm. She reads stuff about him. Like, yeah. The fact that he lived in the Middle East, he grew up in. Yes, and they addressed that, which was very. You'll, I think you'll find that specific doc, that portion of the documentary, very interesting when they when it goes in with Steve Kerr, and it really shines a light on what Steve went through. Well, and the fact that his dad was murdered, murdered, yeah, in the Middle East, like as a professor or as the dean of the school, right? Yeah, and, and just not, people and went and shot like, him, and not like, like, oh, he got, he was murdered, like. Just flat out murdered. Deliberately. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, it was interesting because they talked, you know, part of that when they are in there is they're talking about Kerr and Jordan because Jordan was just an insane, like Jordan would just test everybody, right? In practice. Yeah. Like just like grill you. And his point, I think it was interesting was if you can't handle me doing this to you in practice, you're not going to handle it in the playoffs to anybody right. else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I went, you know what? That makes a lot of sense. But Kerr talks about how, you know, because Kerr, you know, he had to kind of, Kerr, Steve Kerr pretty much always had to fight to get where he was. You know, he wasn't the best player on every team, you know, but he was a damn good, consistent. He's like a really, really good point guard, but he wasn't flash. But he, he had that little bit of blue collar you had to have, very very John Stockton feel, right? Where you have to like totally. really, really do that. And but the fact that both their dads were murdered was kind of a interesting storyline between Michael and, and right. him. You know, because there was somebody who can actually relate to what you're going through. <laughs> you know, amazingly enough, two different people like that. Uh -huh. And uh, yeah, but yeah, so that was a very. But watching the Steve Kerr bit and the and what's really cool is because they do a lot of the shots of Steve Kerr hitting his big shot in the final and stuff. But all that culminated off Steve's story, that whole episode, and it was kind of emotional to watch him get to win. You know, after everything that happened, <laughs> you know. How many, so how many championships did Steve Kerr win with the Bulls? He didn't win all six. No, I think he won Three? two. He's. I think he has six total though by himself. If memory He's serves five me. Or six. Yeah, that's right. I'm so going to look. Yeah. Steve. Steve. Carr. I know. Yeah, let's it's see. Like, by the way, Steve, speaking of um, Steve basketball players, they're, mm -hmm. they're guards. That Steve Nash. Players. I know you're going with this. Yeah, and, <laughs> you see, and he's the new head coach. Head coach of the, of the Nets. Nets. You know, it's interesting, and people want to poo-poo on that a lot of the time, and, and especially a lot of the guys in the NBA right now are saying, oh, and, and I, you know, hey, it's the times, oh, it's, it's racist-driven, and I'm like, okay, I understand that he hasn't, like Steve Kerr came from being an analyst to a coach. Sorry, Diego, uh, as a player, okay. as a player, mm -hmm. he has right. five championships. Right, and he has one as a coach with the Warriors. Two, three. No, no, three. three with the Warriors, three. right, yes, three. So he, won, so he has he won eight the, total. Yeah, so he won the 96, 97, 98, 99. 96 all the 99. bulls. Okay. So that would have been all the um 
The Bulls ones? No. No, because 97 to 90, 96 to 99, that mm-hmm. would have been Bulls. And then with who? Uh, he won with two different teams. <sighs> that time period? Is a, not Boston. Uh, I don't know. Spurs. So San Antonio. I actually had S on my lips. I was already going. <laughs> I was like, yeah, San Antonio. That makes sense. The lisp. And that's who he won in 99 and okay. 2003. So he's, okay. won, he's won championships with three teams. Okay. So he's won it with the Bulls. He's won it with. And are you, are you including the Warriors as a coach? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And he's won three with the Warriors. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, but that's the thing. And, and, you know, Steve Kerr hiring was kind of chided initially, right? And I understand to a certain level, uh, you know, because like, for instance, in football, you know, it's like you have minority coaches and there generally has been a disparity on a consistent level over time, you know, with the retreading of coaches over and over again over possibly new younger people and people of color. So you kind of look at that from the basketball perspective. I think that's where people were going with it with the Steve Kerr hire. And I, they're doing the same thing with Nash is, is that, you know, there's a lot of really solid, um, you know, African-American uh, coaches, uh, assistant coaches that should be given shots too. And yep. it's hard sometimes to justify why you're giving somebody with no coaching experience in terms of like either college or a pro level, a shot over somebody who's say been in the NBA for 15 years as a strong assistant. Right. So I don't know. It's hard. Sometimes I understand you. Sometimes you want to break the mold a little bit, but you know, Steve Kerr was a great hire. So, I mean, doesn't mean Steve Nash won't be by any means. Steve smart, you know, really smart guy. I could see him being a coach. Absolutely. Absolutely. I absolutely could see him being a coach. It makes sense. Like I could see John Stockton have been a coach if he wanted to, but he's also, you know, he's not very, Steve Nash isn't very loud or brash either. Neither is Kerr. So like their demeanors are all very similar, you know, in terms of kind of like let their play do the talking (laughs) is how they are. (laughs) But here's an an interesting one. mm -hmm. So Steve, Steve Kerr, Steve Kerr is one of only two players to have won four straight NBA titles without being part of the in the 1960s Boston Celtics dynasty because he won hmm. three with the uh, Bulls and then and then he won one right away with San Antonio, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's impressive. Yeah, again, only he's <laughs> that. Uh, there's history right there, and it, it's it's like everything. It's like having to. Yeah, I, I it the football thing drives me nuts sometimes, you know, because and it kind of comes. I also feel it applies to white coaches as well, though, young white coaches, right? To a certain level, a lot of it is just the young portion. I think that kind of scares people, right? It's it's not so, but it's like you have you know coaches like now that then then they go through like a hiring cycle of really young coaches, you know, like uh, was it Shanahan, right? Um, even though he's been in the league as an assistant for a long time, but also Sean McVay, mm-hmm. you know, um, who's uh, uh, the Bengals coach that, uh, gosh, uh, not the Bengals coach, but, uh, well, him now too, but uh, who's a Green Bay, your your guy, uh, LaFleur. LaFleur, yep. Yeah, another, I mean, and they're all got good reputations, you oh, know, but they were all young. Right, right or, yeah, they were like late 30s. Like, I want to say Shanahan maybe just turned 40 and McVay is like 39, <laughs> you know. 
So they're all in that similar age grouping. So I, I think a lot of it comes from, I mean, but of course, you know, what's the percentage of, you know, African-American players, you know, and how much, what's the percentage of total African-American coaches, you know? So I always think those things are important as well. I mean, specifically. So I'm kind of one of those areas where I'm like, oh, really? We're going to go with so-and-so again after four stints, <laughs> you know, how about we try somebody new? How about we try, you know? Just you know, give somebody else a shot. That's kind of my thing. But what's his name? Uh, Tomlin in um, Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He was when he took over. Yeah, he was pretty young. He was probably the Shanahan grouping age, like in his oh, late thirties, yeah. well, maybe mid thirties. He could be mid mid thirties when he started. He still not, doesn't feel that old. Let's see. Tomlin. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't at all. Let's talk about the Steelers having like coaching forever. Like they don't churn through coaches like anybody. <laughs> I mean. You know, Cower was there, and before Cower, it was Dude, yeah. He's born seventy two. Yeah, so he's forty eight. Yeah, and he's been yeah. co- and he's been coach. Oh, dude, he's been coach for thirteen years. So he was at thirty five. Thirty five. Like I said, mid, yeah. he was in mid thirties when he took over. So thirteen years. How Cower was there for what? Almost twenty. No, no, fifteen. No, no. As head coach. Yeah. How long did you say? For Cower, I was thinking 15. You said 20. Well, I was wrong on the start. 13, uh, 12, 12 years? 92 to 2006. I didn't think it was that yeah. long. But Tomlin's been longer. Oh, yeah. So you have, okay, so Mike Tomlin, 2007 to present. Bill Cower, 92 to 2006. So he was at four, uh, 14 years. Chuck Knoll, he was the big one. 69 to 91. And before that, they kind of went through people kind of like most coaches. Yeah. I mean, yeah, everybody remember. Nobody, I don't think anybody ever remembers anybody before Chuck Knoll. (laughs) I mean, that's when he spanned for 30 some odd years. You're not going to remember anybody before that, really, at that point. And then Cower and then Tomlin to go both, you know, 14 plus back to back. Yeah, talk about that's that's some serious stability there. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's the Steelers. I mean, like, but oh, yeah. what are their? I mean, the Packers have also had mm-hmm. right coaches for a long time because yeah, you had Holmgren and then and then um, Holmgren for was for quite a bit of time, and then uh, Mike McCarthy was a quite a bit of time. How long was Lombardi a coach there? Well, you should know this. That's your boys. Fifty nine to sixty seven. Okay. That long? Didn't seem like it was. It seemed like it was longer than that. Let's see. Where's it? Notable. Co- I don't want notable coaches. I want all coaches. <laughs> <laughs> You're all. I don't want it to be surprised. I want to note the whole spectrum. Let's see. Um, yeah. The, the one that gets me is when you look at some of the length of time that some college coaches were around, right? Oh, oh yeah. What's his name in um, Florida? The Seminoles? Um, oh, Bowden? Oh, he was there for, God knows. 40 years. 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to think who else was. Oh, and. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, Paterno. Yeah. yeah. He was like 30 some odd years. At least. At least. But, but Bobby yeah. Bowden was there for fucking. Let's see. What do we got? I'm Bart, looking him up right now. Bart Starr was a coach for some time in pa- with the Packers. He was the coach for eight years. Here on, that's eight years is a long time. Yeah, right. It's not like it's not like you know. Uh, so it, here he is. Yeah, Florida State. Nineteen. This is Bobby Bowden. Nineteen seventy six to two thousand nine. Thirty three years. Thirty three years. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's impressive. And yeah, that's, but yeah, you see that. And then, um, yeah, they're just, and then who was it? Who was it before, uh, Urban Meyer at, uh, Ohio state? It was, uh, Jim Trussell. He was at least 10 plus years. But yeah, I guess, I don't know. And that's, and that's, what's really important. Like Saban, how long has Saban been in Alabama at this point? Well, the college thing really impresses me. No, he hasn't been in Alabama that long. The, the the college coaches length impressed me. Yeah, this like, um, let's see, um, what's his name was in Notre Dame for quite some time. Um, Lou Holtz. Lou Holtz was neither for quite some time. Yeah, let me look. Actually, I'm looking up Nick Saban because I'm just curious how long he's been in Alabama. Yeah, he has been in Alabama since 2007, so 13 years. It wasn't that long. Lou Holtz was in Notre Dame for 10 years only. 10 years. It's still a decade, but yeah. Yeah, but it's not like... I thought He's he not like the 20 and 30 years. 25 years. Oh, let's see. College football coaches with the longest tenure. There you are. There's Wikipedia. There you go. Uh, what's, what's the current? Not go just ever. <laughs> I was gonna say ever. How can something can never be all specific? Well God you damn know. internet. Longest life. He was forty six years. Joe Paterno was forty six years at Penn State. Total. Oh yeah. Including uh, being an assistant coach and then you know right. oh yeah. Oh yeah, Belichick has fucking been head coach at um, with the Pats for for almost twenty. I think it's twenty now. Yeah. Okay, here we go. So we got um, Kirk Ferentz at Iowa, mm-hmm. sixteen years. Mm-hmm. Bob Stoops has been in Oklahoma for sixteen. Okay. Or was it Oklahoma for sixteen? Mac Brown, Texas for sixteen. Bud Wilkinson with Oklahoma for seventeen. Fuck it. Uh, Philip Fulmer. Oh, in Tennessee. Yeah, he was there for a long time. Seventeen. Bill Snyder at Kansas State for 17. Don James with Washington. Ooh, Washington Huskies? Hmm. Okay, don't know him. Yeah. Um, come on, Internet. Come on, Internet. Move. Move along. There we go. Uh, there he is. Larry Blackney at Troy. 24 years. Don't know who that fucker is. Tom Osborne. Uh, oh, yeah, I know that. He was with um, Nebraska for a long time, 25 years. Hmm, Tom Osborne, course, there you go, yeah. Of course, Bear Bryant in Alabama was 25 years. 
That's a famous one. Yeah, Bear Bryant. Frank yeah. Virginia Tech for 28 Virginia years. Tech, yeah. Then there's Bobby Bowden with FSU for 34 years. And then there he is, Joe Paterno from 1966 to 2011. 46 years. No, Dude, he was the head coach for 46 years. Not, not even like... Not even like, not head coach, like an assistant. <laughs> Speaking of our gender reveals, I'm watching this real thing. It says the problem. Trevor Noah. This is what Trevor Noah says. The problem with gender reveal parties is the parents don't know the gender until the child grows up and decides. And he's supposedly being serious. <laughs> I'm like, well, that would have been a great joke because that's funny. <laughs> if you're serious, okay, whatever. <laughs> The gender reveal thing, like, I get yeah. the first couple were kind of fun. Sure. Saw, but I, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't care about I, mean, I, I don't understand the need for it. I really don't. I don't understand a need for. I understand if you were like, "Hey, you know what? We we just found out the sex of the baby. Let's have let's have let's go out to dinner with my parents and we'll tell them." I that to me makes sense, you know. But this whole like, let's do an elaborate. Not even have to be that elaborate, but just stupid fucking shit. And I'm like, the best one I saw actually was a girl that panned over to her, and she's clearly buck naked, but she's laying on the floor. You don't see anything, and oh, she I farts out. One. Oh, that's one of the best one, farting out blue. Yeah. It was so funny. I'm all, that's my kind of girl. She's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's the best one I've seen. Yeah, that's. But they're just like I don't know. Just get under my nerves. Just say it. You know you want to say it. Just unload on them. What do I want to say? It's I don't know. Irritating. One of the best memes I saw was clearly, you know, the big planes that dump the 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 powder onto yep. the fires. Yep. And it, it was like showing a plane coming up over this hill, and it's dumping out the red, you know, the red retardant, fire retardant, whatever they call it, the stuff. And it basically said, "Okay, these gender reveals are getting out of control." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, that's perfect." Okay, so let's talk about those airplanes for a second. Yeah. I've always been fascinated by those airplanes mm -hmm. fly along and they're like, I'm going to go scoop up some water. Yeah. Those are fascinating. Yep. And I'm going to fly down and go slow enough to yeah. scoop water, but not crash and then take off again. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty in, in, intense. Yeah. Okay, so now let's talk about big airplanes in general. Okay. Because seriously, I'm fascinated by like mechanical. Like, for, I love cars. Mm -hmm. I love boats, airplanes, like all that shit. I, that's find them fascinating. Right. But airplanes of all the sort of machinery out out there is one of the most amazing ones. Sure. Think about how much does this Boeing's is the seven forty seven the biggest airplane in the world? I'm just gonna say that. I think it. I think it is. Yeah. Um, Boeing 747. If it's not the biggest airplane, it's near to it. How sure. How much does a fucking Boeing Air 747 weigh? How many tons? Well, some <laughs> dumb number. It's right. Some, it's some number that doesn't even like make sense. You, like it's blah 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 number, and you're like, okay, good. That thanks for giving me a number so large that I can't comprehend. That I can't even comprehend it. it. Yeah. <coughs> so like you go if you go to um. Um, I should have said, I, I, 
like you you think they're just they're just so damn big yeah um, i totally lost my train of thought there for a second for some reason i don't know i was looking at this picture of one but we went to the um the boeing um museum mm-hmm. um and they have they had a 747 like an a, like a 60s or 70s one or well, mm-hmm. they weren't built in the 60s so 70s one there was actually a test one you can go inside and walk around it it was like a test one so it wasn't filled with anything you're mm-hmm. like look at the fucking size of this thing and you're standing underneath it because it's there mm-hmm. you just walk into this like hangar and there's this mm-hmm. and then there was a 777 which I think is the, the new wide body they have mm-hmm. and you're just like you're standing underneath them and the engines and stuff and you're like that thing goes in the air it gets up and it flies at hundreds of miles an hour yep <laughs> And you're like, what it's, the fuck? It's a, it's, a, it's a marvel. It's ridiculous to think. Like, and we're so used to it now. So, totally. They'll fly over top of you, and you're like, no, oh, look, look, there's an airplane. And you're like, there's a few Just think about the airplane. When you stop and think about it. Yeah. Just how impressive they yeah. are, period. Regardless of the big ones, which are insanely impressive. You know, when we went to Australia, we flew on a big one that had two two decks, right? There was top and the bottom deck. Yeah. And it doesn't feel like that when you go in there because you, you board from whatever level you're on. And it's so big that there's two different boarding areas. And you don't, but you don't feel like it because you get on what you think is the part of the plane and you never see anything different. It doesn't feel like there's anybody below you. <laughs> but there is. <laughs> so you yeah. noticed them for you were on the Airbus, whatever. Is that what yeah, it was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Qantas. Yeah. Yeah, the Airbus. Yeah. yeah. Good old I think a like fourteen hour flight. How much does a seven seven weigh? There we go. Seven hundred and thirty five thousand pounds. It's takeoff <laughs> ranges from seven hundred and thirty five thousand pounds. To nine hundred and seventy thousand, almost a million pounds. Jesus. Well, it's it's like watching, or, or or remembering the whole plane landing in the Hudson. Yeah, yeah, crazy stuff. Which is just ridiculous. And then the movie that they made of it, which was actually a good movie, with Tom Hanks playing Sully, but. Uh, the bit that they do when they do the reenactment though from start to finish of the whole event, which only lasted like two full minutes. When you think about that is two whole minutes, right? Two minutes or something like that total to from, you know, start to finish. It's not very long having to make that decision. So, but yeah, it was really, really interesting, but just airplanes in general, you know, you think of anything, you know, airplanes specifically, you know, how many different types, but just those big ones. I mean, you think of the aerodynamics figured out and then the fact that you have to propel something that large and that heavy with the thrust taken to yes. keep that in the air, you know, uh, it's just mind boggling of how impressive those things are. You well, know? Any airplane. Yeah. Never mind the, the, the big huge right. ones when you sure. have that weight off the ground, like yeah. you have to, you know, you have to get, I mean, I understand, I have a, I have a very, there's one thing I was fascinated with, so I have a very clear understanding of how lift works, mm-hmm. right? Like, you, you know, it's the, the air pressure on the top of the wing, right? And, the, and you mm-hmm. think, like, the wing is actually being lifted up, right? right. So it's, not, it's not you're slicing through the air and then angling it up. It's the actual air pressure. So the wing is actually, ha- is, has to be strong enough throughout the entire wing, mm-hmm. through the body of the airplane, to lift it in the air, right? Yeah. You can, you can technically move an airplane 
Um, you can by lifting both sides of the wings. <laughs> uh, sorry, no. You can technically mm-hmm. have an airplane go up if you had a strong enough wind, mm-hmm. like without it moving forward. Sure. Right. Like it, it's not about it moving; it's about the the air pressure. Right. Right. So sure. You, you think about that. Like the the pressure on the wings is literally pulling it up in the air, mm-hmm. and all that weight of the airplane in the fuselage is being suspended by the wings. It's it, it's actually like that's the actual explanation, right? Like mm-hmm. it's it's a fascinating thing to think that those wings are strong enough to lift all the weight that's in the center of the wings up. Mm-hmm. That's that's nuts. Um and then, you know, that you have to get like you said, do you you do have to propel it fast enough forward because that's the only way mm-hmm. to get the wind to go over the wing to create right. that pressure. Like, right. Fucking. Blah, right. Like, <laughs> it's mind blowing. It's mind. blowing. It really is. It Think is, about that. It's, it is mind blowing. And then, and then we just, we get on these things and go, all right, let's go up seven miles in the air. Yeah. And, and we go about four miles. to 600 miles an hour, depending on what's going on. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> the size of the plane, yeah. All these different things. And when you see those maps of how many flights are in the sky at the same time. Oh, like, dude, that is it, freaky. It, what's really freaky is when you're lucky enough to, when you happen to be, like, I like the window seat. It's my thing on the airplane, which is funny because I don't really like heights, but for some reason I feel very comfortable being on the window seat. But, yeah, but you don't, have a, you don't have a perception of how high you are. It's not no, real, right? No, but what's neat though, and not, not, not only do you clearly see it during nighttime because you can see other planes off in the distance, but what's really impressive is when you see a plane in daylight when you're that high. Like it's close enough that you can actually see it crisscross or go, you know, yeah. see it long enough and you just watch it. And you're like, it, it, you know, this, this is a large space. The open air we have here is a large space. So the fact, the odds of you seeing that another plane and, and track it enough to where you can at least follow it to go, oh, there's another plane on in the daylight means there's a lot of fucking planes in the air because <laughs> I've seen it like at least on four or five flights. I've seen it, seen it happen. So it's impressive because it just goes to remind you of how many flights are up at any one time. We don't feel like that because it's not like we're, we don't, it's not like we're driving on the freeway here, but we are in the freeway. It's the freeway in the air. <laughs> it's just, we don't feel like that. Yeah, but how many, okay, there's, okay, so there's another, how many, air, how many flights, how many, Many airplanes are in the air at any given time. Okay. Maybe I should look at right now. There we go. 9,728 planes. Okay. Well, that mm-hmm. sounds like a lot. But not really when you think of how big the sky is and where they're all coming from. <laughs> when you think of how big the sky is. Do you like that simplistic explanation? How big the sky is. Well, that's true. <laughs> you know, it's not like traffic here. You know, you're on a freeway, which is confined. The, the, the open space above us is massive. So even thinking nine, let's just let's say the average planes in the air at any given time is 9,500 or whatever. The fact that you even potentially see one is just mind-boggling. You actually run across one. 
I mean, and I'm not, not talking like you're in the line of planes to take off or land because that's clear that happens. But I mean, just like you're in the middle of your, you're midway through your flight and you see a plane zoom off in the distance. <laughs> that's, that's impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hold on. It, it just said, how many airplanes are in the air right now? I don't know how, there must be something I can tell you, right? You would think. Yeah. There's usually a current tracker. Well, that's a matter of subjectivity. No, it can't be subjective. What are you fucking talking about? <laughs> I don't know. That, how, how would that be subjective? I don't know if that would be subjective. It would be objective. Right? Not subjective. Subjective means there's, that there's the subject to your own opinion. No, no. That's, no, that's it, a fact of how many things are in the sky. On a yeah. normal day, at any given moment, Flight Rider 24 would be tracking anywhere between 8,000 to 20,000 planes mid-flight. Wow. That's a lot. First of all, it's a bigger number than we looked at before. That's yeah. going to be subjective. What the fuck are you talking about? That's another... That's so another... This is, this is so it says right now, on this day, according to flight, there are around 5,000 planes flying the sky around the, on the world. Sounds like a lot, right? Well, that's a matter of subjectivity. I'm not going to read this shit in front of No, that's about. not a matter of subjectivity. You're either in the air or you're not. <laughs> it's not a subjective number. I'm trying to read this to figure out what they're trying to say, these idiots. <laughs> the fact that they put they said subjective in the first place thinks you should have moved on from that article. <laughs> I wouldn't. I think it, if they use the word, sub, if they said that's subjective, I think you're wasting your time. I'm already angry at it. <laughs> weird, weird thing. Um, hmm. Interesting. Yeah, that, that's, that's got my brain kind of... It just blew your mind of how stupid that statement was. And I'm sure there's some reason why that... I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt, but... Where are we at? I just sent you a meme about a gender reveal that you'd appreciate. Uh-oh. A gender reveal. I didn't say uh-oh. Where's that? Where's that? Uh... Where's said meme? Oh, yeah, I saw this. Americans be like, it's a boy. <laughs> bomb. It's a boy. Blue, blue atomic bomb mushroom cloud. <laughs> a funny creator in there. Uh, it's a girl. I don't care. <laughs> it's just another oh, this, plague for our planet. Well, the Smokey the Bear one that you just did a gender reveal party, except you just fucking text people and not like the yeah, Exactly. And not light the forest on fire. How about we do that? I don't know. I think we're just at a day and age where people think that people really care when they don't. Right. That is, right? That is. Um, a lot of that's social media driven, though, I think. Right? I mean, why else would you do these gender reveals and record them? Because you want to post them. Of course. Yeah. It's totally what it is. It is. And, it, and it's like, whatever happened in the good old days, like the leave it to beaver days, right? The lady got pregnant. They had a baby. It's a boy. Everybody's happy and or whatever. And they move on. Not, oh, hey, let's go. Uh, let's go do some fancy trick to let everybody know what, what gender the baby's going to be. How about I don't care for 200, Alex? <laughs> <laughs> Do not care for a thousand, Alex. Exactly. 
you know? And it's it, it's like kids in general. Like, yeah, our friends' kids, who like... Who cares about kids? Well, no, I do. Here's the thing. It's funny. We're not overly kid people, you know, in general. But I like my friends' kids. You know? Your kids are great. Our friend Stephen Christie kids are great. We enjoy being around them, you know? But, like, just kids in general? Not a fan. <laughs> you know? I mean, you know, the thing about kids, though, is almost everybody will give them a chance. Yeah. You know, because there's still something, even if you're somewhat cynical, and the kid, like, if you, you know... You're a cynical old man sitting on your park and the little kid starts, you know, interacting with you. Most people interact back, you know, even if you're not really into kids. I think people's natural reaction is to is to return the interaction to a small child, which I think is cool because I do that. That's fine. Oh, totally. And kids, they're fine. I mean, you know, kids are. Yeah. What was the thing that Stella was doing the other day? It was fucking so funny. Oh yeah, it's 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 it. Sometimes with little kids, especially you know, especially if they start to like really interact with you, is because mm-hmm. they're just so in the moment and they're so innocent. And we got her giggling, and I come in and she's giggling away. And I don't know if she's giggling and like and like uncontrollably. And I hear her from the other room. And I come in, and all Christy's saying to her is, "A poop poop poop. Did you poop poop poop?" And then she just, <laughs> every time the words poop, poop, poop came out, just fucking howls. She's as giggling as anything. And she didn't, g- who knows what it was, but she figured out that that was going to make her giggle. So for the next, like, three minutes, we were both like, did you poop, poop, poop? And then we're just going poop, 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 poop. And she just, every time I say it, she would just, like, she would giggle so loud, so, so like, uncontrollably. She'd go into a squat and, like, her eyes would, like, close. Like, that's how hard she was giggling. And it's just like, but that's the thing about kids. And then you as a, as an adult, like you're not even thinking about what you're saying. You're not thinking about anything else. And that's, I think it's one of the great things about kids is like, cause they don't have baggage. They don't have that bullshit that we all have. Right. Oh yeah. And if you get, and I think that that's when people are like, okay, I'm good here with the kids because you know, they're, um, they, if you just let the, if you let yourself go to that, then you're, you're pretty cool. Like you're pretty good, right? Yeah. Well, I think what's what's even though I'm not a huge fan of just random kids in public or anything. What I do like about kids though is their unabashed um, honesty. Honesty. Oh yeah. It's it's I love it, and, and <laughs> because it's so wrong in a great way. You know, like mommy, that person ahead of us is fat. And you're like. Mm. You're not wrong, sweetie, but let's talk about this later. <laughs> you know, but I do like I do like kids' honesty about that. That the kids' honesty is great. That that's one of the. It was like that old show. What it was like me twenty years ago, thirty years ago, and kids say the darndest things, yeah. and it was just a riot because you just get kids yeah, in any any space. By, uh, rapey Raperton. Oh, Bill, yeah, Rapey Raperton. Mister William Cosby. William Rapey Cosby. Yeah. Now looking back, wasn't a great show, <laughs> but at the time we didn't oh, know any better. The, the 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 deep the deep fake of um, oh fuck, I gotta find it and send it to you. The deep fake of Bill Cosby. Um, it's a uh, Bill Cosby by Eddie Murphy when he's doing oh, yeah. his, when he's doing. Okay, so Eddie Murphy got the Mark Twain Award, right? And he did mm-hmm. in his. 
Uh, fucking let me find it here, and I'll send it to you. And he did a. There it is. There it is. Oh, fuck, buddy. So he, of course, the, you know, at the, the Mark Twain Award, they do they do their acceptance. So first of all, a bunch right. of people, um, you know, they have a bunch of people come out and sort of present for them. And then they do, whoever gets the award does their, their monologue and their sort of acceptance. Um, but then it's a roast, right, or something. Don't they do that? <laughs> this is so funny to listen. To be included with some of my my heroes, Richard Pryor and George Carlin and Carl Reiner and uh, Lily Tomlin. Who else? Can I Bill. Oh, Bill. Bill has one of these. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, when when he got when he got his, it's after Bill mm-hmm. has gone through his shit, right? So listen. Right. To- So right now, I'll, I'll send you this. Uh-huh. Um, at this point, he is. They did a deep fake, and it's got his face on it. Oh, it's okay. Cool. That's funny. Yeah, send it to me. Fuck it, this will work. Uh, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, it's, and it's all in his face it's all in Bill Cosby's face oh that's funny Oh my god, that's so funny. It's funny, you're you're playing that and you sent me the video and I started to play it just on mute because I could hear what he's saying and I, I literally scrolled with halfway through just to get to where the face came on and it literally was was almost in sync with what you just had. <laughs> like I'm like, oh my god, that's it was like literally a second behind you. What are the odds? <laughs> what are the odds? That's hilarious. Putting the fake on there. But it's like the the deep fake, and it looks good too. Like whoever did it did a good job, eh? Oh, it was it was perfect. Yeah, I mean, if you want to criticize it, which again I can't even do anything that would remotely resemble that in terms of tech, but the head was just a little bit big. Yeah, they, but they, other than, but I mean, come on, we're talking about an entire faking of a human being's face on another human being's face while they're actually talking, imitating said human. So my you have don't have you know the head looks a little off argument is shit. <laughs> 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 
it is shit. It is shit. Like, I'm sitting here, that's what I'm going to criticize. But, I mean, no, it was really good. But then I think about it and go, what a dick comment. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, cool. couldn't yeah. you do better? Really? <laughs> really? There's, there's, um, there's some of those deep fakes. There's, there's, some, there's a whole bunch of um, Trump ones, obviously. But have you, seen sure. the, have you seen the Trump one with the baby? Probably. I've oh, seen a lot of them. It's the best one by far, and it's... Trump, uh, baby face swap. We call it baby face. Oh, there mm. it is. Um, here we go. <laughs> That's funny. I'll, I'll fire it over to you. It is fucking hilarious. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's funny. I'll play it. Oh, that's funny. Well, you know, it's and you know, it doesn't matter who the politician is or whatever. It's yeah, no, you do a whole bunch of them. They're funny though. It's funny when people do funny stuff, right? Yeah, the whole the whole point is is that's my whole thing about humor. It's 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 funny. You can laugh at something. Yeah, you got. You, you don't have to yeah. be like, oh, I don't like a lot of. Oh, I, I don't think it's funny because it's Obama. It's fucking funny. Who cares? It doesn't matter who it is. Funny's funny. And you funny can laugh at anything. Funny. And exactly. And, you know, it's like Ricky Gervais says, right? You don't find something funny? Fuck off. Read something else. You know, I mean, who cares? You know, you can you can separate something that's like that, which is just, you know, it's number one. I can appreciate getting that face swap on there is impressive. So if I'm going to go, might as well laugh at it because it's hilarious. <laughs> You do it with a lot of people. It doesn't even have. It works perfectly for Trump, of course, and it was really well done. And you got face swaps on a whole bunch of different people for anything like we just saw. And again, it's impressive. The text impressive, actually. <laughs> so that's where I get more in tune. Is like, man, that's really good. It is very impressive, right? Yeah, it, it is. Um, sorry, I got a message from work. What is? It? Oh no, it's no. <laughs> Well, I had my phone out for the for, for the mm. YouTube. The like, YouTube for the YouTube, isn't the it? The YouTube. The, the YouTube. I love putting the word "the" in front of something. Susan, I do it all the time. Yeah. Of oh yeah. The Instagram. Yeah, I need to go to the Rayleigh's supermarket. Which is really funny because I think I've told you before too that like the national, our national, TV. Well, we have a, there's a few. There's CTV. There's Global, and then there's um, CBC. But for the longest time, people called it the CBC. Mm-hmm. Right, like there's CBS, NBC, right, and it's, you know CBC people. The longest time referred to as the CBC, which is actually funny because all of the channel, like if you talk about, you know, ABC, CBS, NBC, it's mm -hmm. actually if you put the word "the" in front of it, it's actually correct. Like NBC right. is the, is National Broadcasting Corporation. So if you right. said it out like the full version of it, you would actually say the National Broadcasting Corporation. Right, right. So to say the NBC is not wrong. No, it's not a matter of wrong. It just sounds odd when you abbreviate it. 
Right. But Canadians say the CBC all the time. Hmm. Yeah. What were we talking about? Americans versus Canadians today at work. Oh, politics. Um, just political mm-hmm. system. And then we got mm-hmm. into, um, here's an issue. So uh, what do we got? 101. What's 101? That's 90 plus 10. It's an hour and 40 minutes. Okay. Oh. Yeah. I feel like we're wrapping up here soon. But okay, let me ask your opinion. Sure. Okay. If you could, so all judges in the U.S., mm-hmm. um, all judges in the U.S., except for the Supreme Court, correct me if I'm wrong, all judges in the U.S., except for the Supreme Court, are appointed. Is there any any other judges that might be appointed? If there is, there's not very many, right? Not very many. I, I think it's I think it's really just Supreme Court. Everything else is there's vote. You're voted in. Yeah, but appointments per the Supreme Court. I, I may be wrong on a certain level, but I would agree with your assessment. It's probably accurate. Is it, would state Supreme Courts be appointed? Maybe. I believe so. I yeah. believe so. possibly. Not 100% certain, but I would think they probably fall in a similar fashion because of that. And because when you're appointed like that, there's no like term limits. Usually not, right? Right. Like you're on the Supreme Court, you're in this you can be on the Supreme Court for as long as you want to be there. Yes. Generally speaking. Usually. Yeah. It's like a te- it's like it's what do you call it? It's like teachers with tenure. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Like okay. Yeah. So okay. So none of our judges are elected. Okay, Zero. so they're all appointed. All okay. are appointed. What's and who are they appointed by? Government of some kind. Okay. No. So what's better? What's a better system? It's an interesting question. Yeah, that's a definitely interesting question. I mean, I kind of look at it, okay, well, why would my vote matter? about who a judge is when I don't know anything about them. And I would assume, granted, there's always going to be political leanings. That's what you have on the Supreme Court, right? You have, that's so, why so, they... So, should, right. so here's the question. Okay, right. so, okay, so let me interject for a second. Okay. Um, okay. So when, you're, so when you are elected, whatever mm-hmm. your job is, doesn't matter, judge or otherwise. Right. We'll stick with sure. judge because it's, it's an interesting one. Right. Fact, in my opinion, it's the most important one for this discussion. Okay. Sure. So when, you're, when you are... When you are um, elected, your incentive is to generally be elected again or be reelected, right? I would think so. If okay. not, then why are you doing it? <laughs> well, you do, well, but you should be doing it for to do the in the judges. Um, your incentive mm-hmm. should be to see um, mm-hmm. the law followed. Sure. Okay. Absolutely. The problem is this: is if if people are all crying for things to do be different or whatever, incentives being reelected might have a judge lean one way or the other mm-hmm. when his constituents are crying one thing or another, right? Sure. Right. Yeah. Now here's the problem. Legislation, which is what they're supposed to follow, the law. Right. They're supposed to enforce the law. To, right. They're supposed to take the law and apply it not enforce it right if enforces police right it, exactly judges, right? law enforcement right and ju- yeah the and actual applying the applying law the, is up the to the legal to right? judging system right so uh, our reasoning in canada is judges should be applying it uh, should be applying legislation according to what the legislation is right apart from public opinion agreed 
And if public opinion says that law is wrong, then it needs to be changed by legislators. Correct. Not by those not who by are judges. Not right. by judges who are applying the law. Correct. And I think Correct. and I think that I think that when you look at that system that we have, generally mm-hmm. speaking, I think it's a better system. I wouldn't disagree with that. On its um, On its face and by, I, and we're talking in ideal circumstances. We're not talking the reality right. of what happens, right? Because, because right. obviously, there's reality. Well, I, the reality I, is human beings are flawed, and just the mere fact that a human being is is supposed to apply a law to a specific case, there, like we know, there could be clearly biases involved in that. Well, so. I mean, the Supreme Court in the U.S. is the is the best example of that because right. you know, they'll say, "Oh, we're we're um, uh, you, know, you know Trump or Obama or Bush or Clinton, or whoever they're right. you know they're they're putting forth this this person, and right away they go, well, he's a left leaning or he's right leaning, and, and and I'm going, he shouldn't be anything leaning." Well, yeah, that's what the big big battle is is getting you know out of the number is always having. The big battle from always having the higher number for your for your group, right? Totally. You yeah, have but, more, but you know, one opinion. more conservative or yeah. one more, you know, left uh, liberal. I'll just use our term for liberal, conservative or liberal. So like five totally. to four, whatever you want, you want it stacked in kind of and, like and your totally normal that, percentages. But is, but is it, and should, I agree should, with what should, you're saying, though. Shouldn't it be that any judge, regardless of their it political right. ideology or leanings or whatever? should be looking at the law all the same. And I get that that's the, the problem with the law is that it's it's written com- in with, with complexity. There's some written. ambiguity to do certain things, yeah. That's right. And some laws are written purposely that way to... Right, for for interpretation. For interpretation. Yeah. I would agree with you. My personal opinion, absolutely, is in the legal system, especially from the judge level, um, that... It really should not matter, you know, about like if your job is to enforce the rule of law with your decision in terms of a punishment and and everything like that and what's allowed in a courtroom and what's not all based on law. I'm with you. I I don't think I, I think that, you know, if you don't like a law, well, then then it needs to work to be changed through the levels that need to work to be changed. You, you know, you, you're supposed to enforce the law as it's written at that time. Yes. And I agree with you that on a elected system scenario, then yes, if your goal is to make your constituents happy, like this is what happens in our political leaders is you want to get reelected. So you want to make your constituents happy. Well, if they're unhappy with certain things, you know, then you know, you want to, you're more apt to potentially lean toward there because you want to make your constituents happy in order to gain reelection. Whereas if you have somebody who is seen truly as an, a neutral arbiter, right, which is, you know, has no one way or the other, this is the rule of law and this is where it applies, then I would agree with you that an election system just de- defeats the purpose of that. Whereas a Supreme Court system, where they are appointed, but again, we have already talked about the, the appointees are always labeled as X or Y, right? But I agree with you. From a general standpoint, you should put up the best people that 
have during their tenure, you could rank them of, of how well or they've followed law, right? I mean, it should be something to attain to because of your able your ability to navigate a very confusing laws, and they are in certain levels. So I would agree with you. I, yeah. I would agree that a system all the way down. Yeah, that's, I mean, um, like ours is 100% right. appointed. I'm not, and I'm going to look mine up because we may be similar to a point. I mean, but there might be a deviation at cer- a certain level. Like, obviously, the Supreme Court is by appointment only. And I would assume that the state Supreme Courts were, are all very similar as well. But I don't know about just how it works for lower level, the lower level judges, judges as you work your way down. How many elected in the United States? Oh, every year? So you're, you're looking no, that up? No, just number of judges. I'm, federal U.S. U.S. state, United States. Are judges elected any... in the U.S.? Federal how many judges? Okay, judges. how many judges? How many Our judges uh, selected in the U.S.A.? It says the um, Constitution says the federal judges. Mm-hmm. Are to be nominated by the president, and confirmed by the Senate. They hold office okay. during good behavior, typically for life. The congressional. Fuck, that's gonna be way too long to read. Right. It's not as yeah. Um, Judicial selection in the states. Yeah, because that's where we really want to know. Because from federal levels, I believe it's from appointments. But I would agree with your with your opinion that appointees. Uh, have have a more especially in the circumstances where if you're appointed you're there till you leave or as long as you don't do something that well, it says you know, here i mean there's methods of, of judicial selections are partisan right. elections so judges are elected by people non-partisan are elected by the people and candidates are listed in the oh yeah okay uh legislative elections so judges are selected by the state state legislature legislature mm-hmm. gubernatorial appointments are just like right so uh, it seems like they're all appointed well, but they're also appointed by the political board. parties, right? So they're appointed by, well, no, let's say, here, a governor. It says, no, it says here they can be elected by people, um, okay. can be elected So in all the different forms. Sure. It, it just depends, I guess. But I do, but I would say and comment to where you were originally started with this is that there shouldn't be that much of a variance. It should be, you know by appointee by appointment and i think because on the pure and simple fact that you're less apt to have any potential leanings in terms of having the the feeling that you need to um, go along with or appease uh, any base of voters yeah right because that's the whole point of of wanting to having the idea of that equal treatment under the law yep right that's the goal I mean, that's the ultimate goal is that that people should be treated equally, having the same rights and having the same applicable scenarios when they come up apply to the same way. So I would say somebody that is appointed, you know, that doesn't I mean, of course, if you're appointed, then you get into the who appointed them. Like you see on the Supreme Court where you have left and right and all that kind of stuff. And I just think what you're talking about makes a lot more logical sense because of the propensity for you to get a more accurate reading of and an accurate ap- application of the rule of law, which is you're right. And I'm with you hundred percent on it that if you don't like a law, then it needs to be worked to be changed to the levels that do that. It's not up to a judge to change, to, to apply it, to do that. Right? right. Exactly. And that's Should, the key. Yeah. And that's the key. Yes, right? that's absolutely. The thing, is the pl- like 
we don't want to see the laws of and, and I think that that's what that people in Canada people I chat with and, and it was a bit of the conversation and today they're like yeah you know people are, aren't in jail long enough they go you know what that's not on the judges if the sentencing says 10 to 15 years and the judge right. is keeping within that range all the time then your problem's not with the judge your problem is with the law your problem right. is with the <laughs> your problem is what you feel the law says the punishment is and what you feel the accurate thing is and the judge if they're if they're if they're applying the law accurately and, and fairly every single time then good on them what yeah, you shouldn't have major sentencing discrepancies. You there. need to talk to your you know, MP or to your MLA. Right. You need to talk to your person right. in government and say, hey, we need this law changed and get the mm-hmm. law changed and then have the judges apply it accordingly so, right? Like that's what, right? Because, yeah. um, uh, you know, that's 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 what we need to see happening. And and it's this it's this funny thing that people will say like especially here that you know because i think we watch too much american law stuff and tv shows and stuff it's like no our system is a little bit different here when it comes to that sort of thing because of the and it should be the same in the u.s even with elected judges but we know that that's sort of a little bit of of a different way right but that's yeah it's an interesting one and and i was like we were talking about that earlier today i was like ah we should, we should, uh, I should ask him about what his, his thoughts are on that one. Cause the other thing too is, you know, and I think I mentioned this is to you as well is part of our, of our legislative system is, is, um, is taken care is handled by non elected officials. So okay. I think, do you remember, I, I don't know if you remember long, some time ago, I mentioned our Senate sure. cause we have a Senate right. as well. Sure. They are, they're appointed. They're not elected. Right. Yes, and, we talked about that. And that's, yeah. they are the second part of, um, same as you, like, you, mm-hmm. same as the U.S. Um, it goes through the House of Commons, same as, you know, your House of Representatives, and then goes to the Senate. Ours goes to our Senate, which is that ours aren't, um, ours are lifetime appointments. They're not, uh, right. they're not, they're not elected. And some people have sure. problems with that, and some people don't, and. There's, there's yeah, some, I mean, there's, there's you could understand that part of it, too. I mean, when, when there's no term limits. And, and not saying there should be, just from a discussion level that, you know, anybody who doesn't have to, you know, there's no risk of, you know, I'm, I, I'm assuming people rate judges, too. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming there has to be some sort of oversight through all this. I'm sure there but, is. I don't know what. What's right, right. Well, um, well, yeah, but I mean, I know they have it because I know that you'll have, you know, judges sentencing and then you'll have you know, independent counsels coming in and, and, and reviewing the case and, and then making recommendations that, you know, judges were, you know, potentially not, not either being consistent or this was not really what was necessary, what was appropriate for the crime. And that happens too. So I know there's some sort of independent review, but I don't know really what, what, where that goes from there. But I mean, you hear about it occasionally, Mm-hmm. You know, things like that. Like, oh, this sentence was reduced through an independent panel after reviewing the facts and felt the judge ruled too harshly. I mean, that happens too. So, you know, but I agree. I would agree that I think the, the the whole point of having the law is to have everything be applied toward that law the way it's written. And agree, I'm with you 100%. If you don't like the law, then change the law. But you don't change the ruling of the law. You change the law, <laughs> you know, so... And I've always agreed with that, that that's 100% fair in everything about that. This is the way the law is written. This is how it's applied. It doesn't matter what you think about the law. That's not what we're talking about here. Maybe then then work to have it changed, figure out what we do. So right. that's all you can do. 
but it's supposed to be consistent and that's why it's supposed to be fair to a certain uh, the extent that you're hoping it is but you know that's the other thing about people, though. When you you do have uh, when anything, people are again in general, we're all flawed, and, except for you. You're perfect. Um, wow, that was a, I like that. Thanks, buddy. You like that? That made I you do. feel good, didn't it? I do. I do. You're pretty. You're pretty darn nifty yourself. Well, thank you, good sir. Well, you know, you know, it's, it's not that people are flawed. I don't think. And, and maybe I'll just sort of. Right. Well, I don't mean it as I, I when I say flawed, I think we know what we mean by that. I don't mean that they're bad. I just mean that No, and, and I know. think yeah, okay, so you're right, flawed, but the 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 flaw is this. We react to incentives. Yeah. And, very true. And you know, your own ego and mm-hmm. your know, one's own ego and one's own self-preservation is right. an incredibly strong incentive. So if you have a job for five years and you know at the end of that five years, you're going to have to do something to keep that job, you have to, then you are incented to do so. So if, you know, it's, it's, it's the whole, as soon as somebody gets elected, they're campaigning day two, right? Like day one, right? right? Like, and, you know, it's, it's, it's this crazy thing where, you know, like some people are incented by more by that or driven more specifically by that than others, mm-hmm. but everyone's driven by it to some degree. I mean, nobody, nobody wants, unless you like, I only want to be a judge for five years, like, or a politician or whatever. Right. So, yeah. Well, it's like my job, you know, there was a time that my job, you were paid salary plus about your sure. bonuses. Yep. And we're underwriters, and that was commonplace. That that in the and then happened for a long time. It happened in collections too, as there were bonuses, um, because that was consistent through all you know other fields and, and competition. You know, everybody was doing it. So, but our, our company ended up cutting out the bonus system for underwriting. They 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 reworked kind of like your salary a little bit to give you a little bit more money. You know, to just a base salary scenario. But what they did is they basically took away the bonus structure. Because they did not want people to buy auto loans and put on bad paper just to get paid more, right? Just your propensity to, you know, maybe make decisions you shouldn't be making with the idea that you're going to get more money, right? So they took that out of it, which I, I was fine with. That made sense to me, <laughs> you know? I mean, it, you don't want to be making that decision on whether you want to buy the auto loan because your bonus counts on it, right? It just, it, from a, it took away that not that people were doing that, but I think what it did is it, it took, it made the company feel that it took away the potential for that. Did I lose you? Oh, no, you're there. No, no, Whew, I'm, I heard I'm you. thinking about what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I was listening intently. You were really listening. But I was really listening. Yeah, I mean, my salary got bumped up. I mean, they, they, re, they reworked your salary to pay you a little bit more. They kind of looked at, okay, you made this on an average a year in bonuses. We'll meet, either meet you halfway or we'll pay you X amount of more just set. And so it made sense. And none of nobody was really that upset about it, you know? I mean, you're guaranteed more money than you were guaranteed on a bonus. I mean, the end, really. I mean, the bonus, you was never guaranteed you'd get something in the first place. Right. So you are fine that way. But I, I did understand the concept, which is let's take the potential situation out of it. Let's take the, the potential for somebody to, you know, put on more the things that they probably shouldn't with the pure fact that they get paid more. Right. Like it cloud kind of could cloud, it could cloud your judgment on making a, a probably a, you know, what's already a hard decision in the first place, even harder. <laughs> right. So that's kind of 
but that's that was in going along lines with your you know wanting to having some sort of incentive that's where i came up with that literally about real incentive (laughs) yeah like how i tied that in there nice little bow for you you know to to uh, prove your point i'm uh, (laughs) i'm very impressed i know you would of course you are i almost feel like that's a good place to yeah you know on such a high note of your wisdom everybody we always like to end the evening on high you really don't want to do it on the come down no no it's it's to unpack with that comment (laughs) i'm not sure what to say there well you know any of you people out there who have partaken in the the pleasures of the cocagna (laughs) would understand what that means <laughs> the cocagna the cocagna cogna that that come down is terrible <laughs> it's just blah. yeah you just have to go to sleep well yeah you, yeah promise is hard to <laughs> you know you're just wound up but that's, that's rookie that's rookie rookie mistake <laughs> that's rookie but no it's like oh it, it, but it's like yeah we'll end the show when the show on a high note it's always it's always like trying to retire at your peak we will retire for the evening at the peak of the show. Let's retire the evening at the peak of Mike's wisdom. Ooh, yes. Every once in a while, he throws a nugget out there. That was many, That feels like that was a big nugget. That was, that was a, a big was, nugget. That was a big, strong, wise, wise it was a nugget. Ma- it was a massive dingleberry. Absolutely. A massive dingleberry. <laughs> the dingleberry. Uh, I, I actually, some, somebody had mentioned that they uh, listened to the end of the show, and they're like, mm-hmm. Man, do you play that at the end of every show? <laughs> Recently, yes. Recently, we have. Been, we just got into it. It's been uh, for for a, for a, a few shows now. It's it's very good. We we enjoy it. So yes. why don't why don't we play it for them now? Yeah, for those of you listening, enjoy. Enjoy. I strive, strive, strive to get everything done. I've played by all the rules, but I very rarely won. I've smiled, I've charmed, I've wooed and laughed, alas, to no avail. I've run round like a moron to unequivocally fail. I've no more fucks to give, my fuck fuse has just blown. I've been hunting for my fucks all day, but they've upped and fucked off home. I've no more fucks to give, my fuck rations are depleted. I've rallied my fuck army, but it's been 